You're like, still going to uh, get a tip. You don't have to get it in my mouth. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Studies show marijuana can be very psychologically addictive. Man, f- them studies. I want my weed. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. Oh, man, that looks like pot. Yep, that's pot, all right. Pot confirmed. Without a doubt. And hey, Tuesday confirmed. We're back in the bowl. Oh, yeah. It's all about that drop, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. It's another beautiful Tuesday night, July 12th, 2022. This day that you are living right now with us in the bowl for episode 175. One and three quarter century mark. Holy moly. I am Sir Spencer Wolfkane City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're in the bowl. Bowling. In fact, if you're listening live right now, the only way you're doing that is on the uh, Bowl After Bowl stream. That's right. <laughs> you're encountering some technical difficulties with the No Agenda stream. And it's not just us. It's not just us. We've got uh, confirmations around the No Agenda verse uh, where we try to log on to the stream and uh, it kicks our butt off after a second or two. Yeah. Many podcasters have confirmed Yeah, it. disconnect, disconnect, disconnect. So... Uh, either Horowitz broke it or Sim- Sir Bimrose locked us out. He's done with our nonsense. I don't know. It's a big <laughs> mystery. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned for more. I can confirm everything that uh, I own is working yeah. and running. And we are blasting our voices to you from a new stream. Brand new uh, infrastructure. Which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty awesome. Pretty legit. And thanks to Bowler's Producers out there for making it happen um i got my own azurecast instance uh on a on a linode uh debian server spun Ooh. up cool. full admin so uh this has been true since i think wednesday thursday some somewhere in there that's when i set the thing up and essentially uh no debit has been Providing us his Icecast stream, kind of like piggyback onto his Icecast stream for ever since the show resurrected and we started going live again. That's right. Probably two summers ago, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. Damn near two years. Uh, And we thank him so much for that. He's so gracious to provide us the infrastructure. Uh, We've been dealing with a little bit of some issues uh, showing up and streaming in CurioCaster and Podverse. And that's due to... the. uh, the uh, security certificate that you got to have, and you got to be streaming HTTPS to uh, kind of show up there and be uh, valid in those apps. So um, I figured this was kind of high time for me to get my ass in gear and kind of run our, our own infrastructure. And uh, ba-boom, here we are. Yeah. It was fun to kind of play around with... Uh, um, it was no debit who suggested looking into AzuraCast, and it was fun to play around with the potential, you know, where can I spin up these servers at? Uh, I looked at uh, 
a couple other places. But uh, settled on Linode. Linode. I don't know how you say it. But uh, I know how to spell it, and I know how to type it into a address bar. Linode. That's, that's pretty much all you need. Linode. There you go. <laughs> Linode. 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 Uh, and yeah, we pull it up. And uh, by the way, if you're listening to this in the future, I've had uh, all of our VLC. I, I notice a lot of our users listen to the stream on VLC. And uh, everybody's like, why is it not working in VLC anymore? Why? Well, there's a new URL. There's a new URL for the raw MP3 file that you need. And Cotton Gin is also a VLC streamer and VLC user. And for his convenience, he has set up the bowlafterbowl.stream URL to redirect to that raw MP3 file. So I could paste it. I could tell you about it. I could say it like an idiot on the air. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Save yourself the time and the frustration and just go to bullafterbull.stream and you'll be re- redirected to the new MP3 raw. And, in fact, if you just punch in bullafterbull.stream in your VLC, that puppy will work as well. I'm reliably informed. Woo-hoo. Reliably informed. I do not use VLC to stream things, but I just use it to... Mm, get weird video like if there's in a weird video format that I don't have shit to play in like VLC plays everything every format that's what I love about it uh, if you go to listen live the listen live page on bullafterbull.com there is a new link to the stream page which uh, I put more than zero effort in kind of making look pretty has a nice little background and I think it's cute and so if you go to the Listen Live page and you want to listen on Tuesday nights live to the Bull After Bull stream, you can do it from that nice uh, page there. Looks great on mobile or in a web browser. And uh, if you want, like I said, to use VLC, bullafterbull.stream is your man. That'll point you right at the MP3, get you the new link, that brand new uh, new live, in fact, uh, son of a bitch, I think we call it. This is a new live son of a bitch. So, fantastic. Good stuff. Good new changes going on. Uh, I do want to also address, right now, um, we we have all these cool options that I'm just kind of blowing the dust off the surface of and playing with when it comes to AzuraCast. And one of them is indeed an intro, and I've got a lot of feedback from this. Currently, once you connect to the Bull After Bull stream, you get our boy Fletcher giving you the station ID, and it sounds something like... You are listening to Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian. Bowlafterbowl.com And so, um, every time you connect, it, it, it says that. And I've been told this is a little bit repetitive slash annoying slash long, uh, which, first of all, how dare you? That's uh, a legend you're talking about, uh, Mr. John Fletcher. So have some fucking respect. Second of all... Uh, it is a little long. I understand, like, if, if you're disconnecting and reconnecting and it plays every time, I think it's like five, six, seven seconds, something like that. So I'm going to try and do a little compromise thing where um, I'm going to get, like, a super short ID stinger for connect. I, w- I still would like to utilize that connect. I still would like to have something that is, like, every time you connect, just a little ping, just a little ID, just a little, you know, hi, hey, this is how you, this is how it's going, this is what you're doing. I think it's a good move. I think it is slick. Yeah. Um, it is too long. I will um, I will give you that. 
it was just kind of the one I wanted to use for, 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 you know, testing things out for the first time. So I haven't changed it yet, but by the time we speak next week, it'll be a new one. It'll be much shorter. Another thing that is so badass about this um, AzuraCast install is it came with liquid soap. And Dan was telling us about liquid soap when we had him on uh, Bulls with Buds. That's all right. And he was like, you got to check it out. This is what, because we, we've wanted for a long time to be playing um, the other NA Sphere shows as they go live on our stream. You know, just kind of like rebroadcast them and, you know, put it on our stream as well. So if anybody's on the bowl stream, that just kicks on. So you can do that with liquid soap and it's actually scheduled out. So what right now we have no agenda. We have Rare Encounter. We have Hog Story. Uh, behind the schemes, uh, the um, Nick the Rat. You know, Nick the Rat on Wednesday nights late. In fact, Nick the Rat. He sometimes he does like super long shows. Sometimes he does short shows. So I just have it kicking in uh, at eleven central when he starts, and it runs all the way Nick the Rat Radio all the way to four twenty a.m. the next day. <laughs> nice. Just in case. Just in case the rat goes long. Sometimes the rat goes gets on a marathon. So I hope usually by four twenty our time. That's five twenty his time. The rat is finally passed out, uh, and he remains dormant for a while after that. So hopefully I have the times covered, and then uh, we also have Millennial Media Offensive, which for some reason is a tongue-tie for me every time. Yeah. Um, Lotus Effect. The Lotus Effect on Saturdays. All of these are scheduled to kick on at the times that they report going live or usually go live. So um, maybe there's a extra cool thing that we can do where it's actually waiting for them to go live or, you know, looking for the metadata in the stream to update, something like that. Right now, it's just hard code timed in to say, all right, at this time, play this stream. And then it's, uh, you know, when it ends, it ends. That's a good start. It's a great start, and it's what we've been talking about for almost probably a year and a half wanting to do. So And now we're doing it. We're doing it. So thank you, No NoDebit, uh, so much for the suggestion. Uh, on where to go i'm loving this new azura cast thing it's kicking ass it's also cool because the stream can play and i don't have to have but like open and streaming and worry about disconnecting or worrying about timing out or anything like that that's tight i had my desktop computer off all night last night and like turned it on an hour and a half before the show my computer's never off it hasn't been off even the one before that wasn't off until now. So now I can like actually power down my machine. It feels great. It feels awesome. Yeah, so that is the biggest... I bet the machine thinks that too. Oh, it feels good to right. sleep. No doubt. <laughs> like I can turn the Motu off. I turn all of it off. It's so nice. It's so nice. And it's good for the equipment to like have some rest every once in a while. Uh, so that's awesome. That's cool stuff. That's probably like the biggest uh, change to the show. Yeah. Over the week. And uh, any suggestions, by the way, as we go about exploring this world, or um, if you notice something that's annoying, like the, I'm sorry about the intro, whatever. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. just uh, complain in a boost. Exactly. Just let us know. <laughs> boost your insults. That's <laughs> right, right into the uh, boosty. Right into the boosty. <laughs> Vote with your sats. Yeah, that's exactly right. Abel oh, Kirby man. did. Abel Kirby did. He's been uh, editing our feed via the boosts. He's been uh, letting us know to uh, get rid of that intro via yeah, the boosts. Yeah, airing his all complaints. Kind of yeah, airing his grievances. <laughs> it's like every day is Festivus uh, with Abel Kirby in your boost spot. It's great. 
And we got to celebrate 710 this year with Sir A1 Sauce. Yes, we on did. On his first Bowls with Buds this Sunday. Yes, we did indeed. Yeah, we sat down with our buddy Zune, uh, Sir A1 Sauce. And you can check that out on our website. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say bullswithbuds.com. Uh, I have not fixed the redirect. WordPress broke my categories. Just totally broken. So you get that 404 page. But actually, if you do go to bullswithbuds.com and you land on that 404 page, you'll see the Zune episode. Like, there's a link to it. Um, our 404 page yeah. is, like, uh, helpful in that way. That and it shows a lot of recent episodes on it, so... If you look at our show notes, I've got a direct link to the Bulls with Buds, there as it's it. mentioned in our show notes. Speaking of Bulls with Buds, uh, the slicker amongst you who keep a sharp eye on that RSS feed might have noticed we have another one scheduled for this Friday. Uh, a Bulls with Buds will be had with Mitch, the uh, founder of Casey Bitcoiners Meetups. All right. And the uh, podcaster over there at the Orange Pill Addicts. So he'll be joining us on Friday. Sweet. Be very fun, exciting stuff, and uh, you can already pre-boost that. Mitch has uh, got a node up and running, and he is in the value tag. So check that out. How do you like that? I love it. Oh man, it's kind Today of was, like uh, oh yeah, our exciting day. Just kind of a crazy day in general, right? <laughs> our exciting day. I like that. I yeah. see what you did there. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to start it off? I mean, <laughs> well, we woke up. The girls woke up before us, our four-year-old and our three-year-old. And they came into our room, and I wasn't quite ready to get up. So I'm like, hey, as I'm starting to wake up, why don't you go let the chickens out? Which they do every day. They love letting the chickens out, and so I just let them. And it's nice that I don't have to do it. (laughs) Uh, So they went outside, and they did that. And then I fell asleep like a dumbass. (laughs) And I woke up, and it was very quiet. And it's never quiet in my house. So I looked at Spence and I was like, uh, I also had a weirdly realistic dream that I was on the couch with Spence. So then waking up like flustered me and I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not awake. I'm supposed to be awake. I already woke up once. Why did I fall asleep? Uh, and I'm like, Hey, uh, it's kind of quiet. Where are the girls? He's like, oh, outside there. (laughs) Hasn't been that long. And I don't know how long it had been. It had been maybe 10 minutes. Okay. At the very <laughs> longest. Maybe 10 minutes. So I was out minutes. for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, let's check on them. Because they're three and four. They're not the most responsible ages. So you, uh, what did you do? Call for them? Go uh, outside? Yeah, I walked outside and walked around and called their names. And I saw all the dogs out there. So and that the, was good. The chickens were out. I saw the chickens out. So I knew that they'd been out there. I saw the rock was away from the gate. So I was like, that's not good. Um, yeah. But everything else was, you know, like the dogs never barked. They were all back there. Uh, but like, it was just dead silent. And the kids were nowhere to be found. And then I looked all throughout the house, too. Yeah, me too. Well, once you came back in without the girls, I just threw my clothes on, obviously, and started running around. And I told you, get in the car and drive down to the playground, because we have a playground around the corner from our house. Right. Which I don't know if they would be able to... I don't think they'd be able to find it. Get there from here <laughs> yet. Yeah, It's far enough that those little legs, they would just get lost like at, by the end of our street. Yeah. We've walked there from here one time ever. Yeah. You know? 
it's not like it's far away, but it's just like, you know, kids and directions and you got to go all the way to the end of the street and then turn and then go a block. Yeah. So I don't know. I agree. I don't, I don't think they would be able to find it. Yeah. So anyways, I go outside out front and I thought, well, our neighbors across the street have a little slide and stuff. And our kids have snuck over there before and played on their plastic slide and stuff uh, without permission. So I'm calling their names and just kind of expecting them to be over there. No, nothing. And it's dead silent in the neighborhood. Um, And so Spence pulls back in with no kids. Yeah, I drove around doing like, I usually have to do this for Murphy. Our our oldest dog, yeah. If Murphy gets out and like, you know, decides to cruise the neighborhood, I got to drive up and down blocks like looking for his stupid ass. With the girls, it's just like, a different a different feeling in your stomach when you're doing that you know yeah because with a dog at the end of the day you can just be like oh man <laughs> yeah if it's a dog <laughs> you know? like okay yeah that's that fucking sucks but you can still say oh well at a certain level with a dog right yeah not with a child like, you you can you know it's not good so with a kid it's a completely different situation at this point i'm just like well Um, one of the grandmothers that lives around the corner was outside doing some lawn work. So Spence drove up to talk to her to say, Hey, have you seen our kids? Um, and I just decided to call 911. So I'm like, well, kids are fucking gone. My kids are gone. And I was on the phone with dispatch and she's asking me to describe our kids and their ages and their names. And luckily they were wearing matching outfits today. They got dressed in matching outfits, so that was easy to remember and describe. And I'm like, I mean, I, I was trying to be rational about it, you know, and, like, not get overly emotional, but it's hard. Like, fucking kids are missing, obviously. And so then uh, we're on the phone, and she's telling me, like, well, it's going to take a while for someone to get out there. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I know they've had staffing issues and whatever. Um, And then I hear little voices. And I'm like, what the, f- that, I heard my kids, hold on. And I run to the side of my yard, over by my neighbor's yard, and <laughs> I shit you not, my kids climbed out of the outdoor dog house, and they're like, the monster is gone now. <laughs> God. And I and the woman was like, is it your girls? The dispatcher. And I'm like, yes, thank God. And she's like, oh, bless the Lord. Like, thank goodness. And she's like, I'm canceling that call. And then, like, I kept her on the phone for, like, three extra minutes being like, so there's no cop coming to my house, right? <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, the dispatcher's done. No one's on their way here, right? Oh, like, And God. I'm like, I just decide I'm going to stay outside anyways, just in case, so I can show them my kids and be like they're fine everything's fine they were in the dog house somehow, <laughs> and they were dead silent when both of us were out there yelling for them and like that part is like the most irritating aspect of it yes yeah because they know better they know if someone's looking for you you don't do that yeah and i didn't go in the backyard once you were like you came back in kind of panicked and i was just like oh shit something's wrong so i just went to the front yard and across the street I was like, man, you check the backyard. Now I'm always going to double check your work after this. <laughs> well, I'll definitely look in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, there's stupid. two doghouses too, so oh check God. them both. Um, and so anyways, then we had to have the talk of, hey, 
when someone's calling your name, you need to answer. And Ray was like, well, we were playing hide and seek. It's like, well, you didn't tell us you were playing hide and seek. We weren't playing with you. And besides that, even if you are in the middle of a game, if your parents are calling for you, you need to come out. But I was impressed with how quiet they were and like committed to being in a doghouse silent hiding from monsters in their imaginary game. They were hidden. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, weird because I did my loop around the neighborhood and came back and I was just like, well, you should probably call. And then, boom, yeah, that was second all time call. when I drove back, <laughs> you have this big ass grin on your face. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm cool. I guess everything's cool. That's good news. Yeah. I, it will, I tried to call you immediately and you didn't have your phone on you. But what fucked me up more was that my phone, and I have a slave phone, I have an Android, it's not, you know google proofed or anything it's actually like very google allowed um so when i called 911 first i got a prompt that was like are you sure you want to call 911 like <laughs> this is an emergency are you having an emergency and i'm just like f- t- furiously tapping at my phone to get 911 to call you know that's basic um so when i hung up with her i didn't really notice this until my call wouldn't go through to you But it kept saying, like, your phone is in emergency mode and will remain there until you exit emergency mode. I couldn't get it to leave. Emergency mode. I don't know what it means. I had to turn my phone off and then back on to exit this alleged emergency mode, which doesn't seem very safe, considering I couldn't call a person who's on my speed dial, you know, or on emergency contact. So that was frustrating. I learned a thing. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, you pulled in and mm-hmm. then I had the girls coming around, you know, they had to walk all the way through the house and come down the stairs to come out the front. Yes. Uh, cause the front door was locked and everything, but they came out. You talked to them too. That was a stressful morning. I don't like waking up like that. <laughs> no, but then it got really a lot better cause I, I mowed the lawn and then, uh, was mucking out the chicken coop. It's all the first egg. So the chickens have officially begun producing. Yes, that's right. First egg has been laid. And that's why it was exciting news. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly right. We got also some su- supplies to do a run extension. Because the, uh, the second group of four is too big for the garage now. They are big and ready to join the flock. So um, we're going to make a run out of the entire underdeck and then extend the current coop run into the under deck. So that's going to give them probably uh, under the deck is twice the space of the run. I'd say they have now. So total like probably like 300% increase or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be epic. It's like two to three times the size of what we have now. So, and we got the pavers for it to put around it. So, yep. It's all good. That's, that's the new, uh, (laughs) That's the next project. It went from a disastrous day to a wonderful day. Yeah, all in all, it was pretty great. Yeah. This is one of those houses where I don't have the sign that says, around here, we don't call 911, but that's how we live our lives. Right. Yeah, I told Spencer, no more, uh, we can't have a 911 call for like two years, (laughs) because they will see my number, or at least from me, because they'll see my number and my address in the database now and be like, oh. These people are always calling 911. Caught had to call twice. Something wrong with them. And then someone will show up. <laughs> We're already, I, I already feel like I have a target They're on my so back str- for homeschooling. They're so strapped, man. 
Yeah, they really like, are. In this state and region, they are strapped. So it's like they're not really uh, putting extra resources on the ship. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And especially, we're not uh, the type of people who are utilizing it too much. I know there's people who are... Or at all, are, except for today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. You know there's people out there that habitually are calling. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the absolute last resort. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll go to the doctor five times before I call 911, and I never go to the doctor. Yeah. I will call someone for a ride to a hospital versus calling 911. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to get stuck with a fucking ambulance bill, man. That's oh, that's a gosh. total racket, man. Yeah. Total but yeah. racket. That egg, I'm, it was so tiny. Yeah, the so first sweet. ones are little. And we weren't expecting our first egg until closer to October, so we're ahead of schedule. Yep. Yeah, we were. I was surprised to see one already, for sure. Now, I also had another oopsie this week. Oh, I'm yes. just going to wrap it up to uh, pregnancy brain. <laughs> okay, like, let's just, we, can bl- we could blame it on the weed, or we can blame it on pregnancy brain, which is what I'm going with. Um... I had a my second midwife appointment, and I met with the backup midwife this time, who's an awesome lady who I met when John was born, because my midwife had called her in for backup at that point in time, um, which was stressful. But anyways, she was excited to see me, and I was excited to see her, and she was excited I remembered her. And she's like, oh, I always think of John's birth fondly. Like, it's one of my favorites. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, okay. I said, this one's going to be easier than that one. I know that. That was my worst home birth yet, but whatever. Still great because it's a home birth. Um, So anyways, she asked me for my number so that she could call the imaging lab to get my ultrasound scheduled, which is weird. I know, like, I should just call them, but that's how they do things, I guess. She puts in a referral and then they call me. Um, except for <laughs> what phone number did I give her? Oh, not mine, not my cell phone number. No, no. I gave her the prompt that I give you bowlers. I told her to have them pick up their phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of I didn't sing it though. Yeah. yeah, you just put it in your portal, right? <laughs> As your oh, I just said it to the midwife, and she typed it in the portal. <laughs> oh, you just said it. They like they were like, "What's your number?" Yeah, and, <laughs> and I was like, Like, and I didn't think anything of it. I had no idea that I gave her the wrong number until it's Monday, and I haven't heard from the imaging center, and we were coding. And you're like, hey, uh, there's a voicemail here that's for you. Yeah, I got an email because every time I get a voicemail in the bowl, I get an email about it. And I was reading the transi- transcription and I was like, ah, oh, it's another one of these spam shits. And then I was like, wait, hold on. And it says, uh, this message is for Lauren. And I was like, uh, it could be legit. And then it was a calling from an 816 number yeah. with a 913 return number. So I was like, uh, maybe I should listen. Hi, this message is for Lauren. This is Element Medical Imaging giving you a call. If you could give us a call back at your earliest convenience, the phone number is nine. And then she just says, thank you. That's it. Completely professional. Oh. Yeah. 
Anyway. I was like, wow, not a, she didn't even flinch. So she calls and hears the <laughs> dumbass fucking voicemail prompt we have with a bong rip or whatever it is. Oh, I yeah. haven't heard it in like, since I recorded it, I haven't really heard it because I never call the pool myself. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. I remember that joke being in there. Yeah. It's like hit it at the end. It's like hit it and then it gives you the beep. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, I, she must not have even been listening. You know, she always went to voicemail and then just typing or something. Uh, but <laughs> I called back. I did call them. And I got our ultrasound scheduled for that. Did you just play dumb? Like, End hey, I haven't month. heard from you guys. I was supposed to hear from you or what? No, here's what happened. I called and she was. I said, oh, hey, my midwife said that I should see you guys for an ultrasound. Uh, cause my husband's got insurance, blah, 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 blah. And like, I didn't bring up the voicemail at all. And she's like, what's your name? And I gave her my name and she's like, okay, all right. And this is your midwife. Yep. And she starts going through looking at dates and whatever. And then she's like, now what's a good telephone number for you? We have this. And she gave me the bowl number and I was like, oh, nope, that's not my number. And I just gave her my cell phone number. Nice. And she was like, okay, thank you. Good work. That was it. And it wasn't that same lady. It was a different lady. C-Dub said, I haven't heard it. Can you play it? No, uh, you'll I'm, have to call. I'm going to attempt to. <laughs> see if this works. Right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Here's a little voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> You've reached bowl after bowl. <laughs> it's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. Here. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they fucking hear when they're trying to call her ultrasound great good it's fucking excellent it's not my number it's exactly what we need yeah it's that's a wrong my number wrong number yeah <laughs> big old see and it's just funny because i've joked i'm like oh my god sometimes i've started giving that number and then caught myself I've, i'm like oh yeah it's usually written down though like i'll type it out and then i'm like that's not my number <laughs> that's not what they want and this time it just didn't work because <laughs> I was just talking to a lady. And what number do I say out loud all the time? The bowl number. Yeah, I've I've caught myself one time doing that. And uh, was it for real estate stuff? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Just like uh, saying six zero seven, they'd be like, "Wait, no, hold on, back up." But. Uh, as soon as I, you know, say the three-digit prefix, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. But I've had my numbers since I was 16, you know? Yeah. So it's easy to feel wrong when I start to say it. Anyway, yeah, this is our fucking jam-packed action day. Lovely week. Yeah. Lovely week. But the upgrades are great. Yes. And they're all thanks to you, bowlers, because this is a value-for-value value podcast. Correctamundo. And we like to uh, hit the brakes and thank all of our people up front. Uh, for the value that they put into this thing. And it comes in so many different ways. Like, we call it time, talent, and treasure. We just follow uh, in the footsteps of the greats, uh, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, who pioneered the value-for-value value model when it comes to podcasting specifically. And uh, that means that you guys have the opportunity to be producers, to be uh, part of the whole thing. You know, it's not just Lauren and I sitting in a basement every week doing the show. It's this bigger thing than any of us and that's why it keeps going that's why it has life and that's what's made it so cool and it, you know allows it to keep evolving as it does uh week after week and, and bowl after bowl and uh i am pulling up the paypal here i wanted to re shout out uh dan for sending in a monthly 
10 buckaroonies. So thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Um, we did mention that on the last Bulls with Buds, but um, those recurring payments really help us, especially now with the uh, stream infrastructure on Linode. Um, I did, I was looking through the docs when I was setting up and trying to install AzuraCast, and they had this little click here promo. And it's like, sign up for a new Linode account, we'll give you a $100 credit. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's the one I want to go with, $100 nice. credit to start off with. Because I don't think I'm going to use that. And like, that'll last me months, you know? Uh, at least it should. And I'll report in, I'll see what we're actually coming to and using uh, once the first month runs up. But it was one of those things where you like, it was a link with a promo code embedded in it to make you a new account or something. So it's like, you click the link, you get a redirect, you get a redirect. And uh, since I already had an account, it just shot me to my login page, and it didn't do anything. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. So I had to do a little bit of right-click inspect, look around, kind of see, what is this link? What is this URL actually doing? And somewhere there was a uh, query string inside the URL that had the promo code in it. So I copied just the code. You can... Buried in your accounts uh, settings is a spot where you can add promo codes. And when I added it there, boom, got the $100 credit. So Dope. So we're rolling off of that at the beginning, uh, which will be really great to kind of try this thing out. But I love it so far. And, of course, these recurring uh, subscriptions help us keep that rolling because it's tied directly into the, the PayPal account. Yeah. Um, so we still need the Fiat Fund coupons. There is a part of that. Yeah, there's a part of that. Um, you can also, though, pay in Bitcoin. That's right. So, uh, for the Linode, I mean, for the Linode. For oh, the really? Linode. Cool. The fuck ever. Uh, so, yeah. So, if if there comes a day where we're, like, choked off of PayPal and we are only relying on boosts to stay alive, uh, we can still uh, breathe life into the stream and into the AzuraCast streaming service with your boosts. Uh, so I'm going to recognize a few people for boosting right now. Starting with where we left off, the very end of uh, the show, we missed NetNed, who uh, put another quote in here from that, uh, jacking it, jacking it, jacking it, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, San Diego. Uh, it's a South Park song, which I, I don't know, we were talking about the, the Invisible Children scammers. And uh, how that guy got caught whacking off on a corner. And I said L.A. and was quickly corrected. This is San Diego. Everybody knows because of this South Park song. It's like one of the maybe dozen South Park episodes I guess I haven't seen. Uh, and so NetNed6969 out of Fountain says, And after a day of sightseeing, <laughs> sightseeing, why not try spanking it on one of our city streets? San Diego, come, take a load off. <laughs> Thanks, NetNed. We had an outro. Uh, Harv had always sneaks a boost in the outro, and you might hear it on many episodes, a little pew as we fade out. And this time he did 420 times 3, 1260 sats at a CurioCaster Live. Woo! Thanks, Harvat. The book guy, Sir Paul, gave us 333 out of Fountain. All right. That's uh, from Starship Alves. He says, got to fill my wallet in Fountain still, but I got some stats for listening to X22 report, so here you go, LOL. Thank you. Nice. Thanks. Uh, I actually sent a message to Fountain because, again, my earnings aren't working. I tried to listen to a Casa ad, uh, which is beefy, like 425, 424 sats, I think it said it. In the UI, it was like, that's how much sats it was supposed to earn off of it. But uh, they never made it to my wallet. So I don't know. 
I don't know if their bot detector just is like flagging me for some reason. I'm just a regular guy. Yeah. They should know by now. I haven't gotten any earnings yet, but I also haven't sent an email. Yeah. So, you know. Well, they'll figure <laughs> it out. They'll iron it out. I do have the latest update, but. Me too. Uh, like they fixed it. They fixed my earnings and then I updated it. And now it's like I'm not earning anymore. So I will uh, keep everybody informed as to what I hear back from them. I just messaged them today about it. Gotcha. Uh, a couple of boosts on Stay A While that people are still listening to Stay Sweet. A While, including one from the Podfather himself, so that's cool. Nice. Uh, 3.33 from Thor the Wonderhammer. We got a little bit of uh, back and forth poke versus poke here between Thor and Phoenix, looks like. Uh, 3.33 out of Fountain from Thor the Wonderhammer that says, Dear Phoenix, I miss your throat. Love, Thor. And then uh, 3.33 back from Phoenix, who says, Dear Thor, I'm empty without you. Love, Phoenix's pussy. Ew. Meow. Uh, 333 again from Fountain, from the book guy, Sir Paul, Starship Alves, who says ITM. So there you have it. Fifth, uh, we have 5555, five, 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 that's four fives in a row from Fountain, from our buddy Floydian Slips, Woo. who says everybody boost. After all, it is a step in the right direction. Ew, hey, that's it is. right. It's a step in the right direction after all. Uh, we have 333, again from Thor the Wonderhammer. Dear Phoenix, please come home. Love you, Thor. Uh, bowlers can guess how come is spelled there. <laughs> and they would guess right. Again out of Fountain, we have 6969. 69! 69, That's from Phone Boy who says, my big, squ- my big swinging Johnson boosts, how about yours? That uh, could be a dangerous situation if you let your Johnson boost... Uh, and you're passed out, and your Johnson gets a hold of your phone and is just streaming all your sats right out of your wallet. Uh, 333. Pew! Again out of Fountain. This one from Thor the Wonderhammer, uh, who says, I'm gonna come. It's the, uh... And then Phoenix again, 333, says, Don't come. Thor. But Joe Biden said come. Phoenix, you're coming all over the place. These are all 333 out of Fountain, by the way. Over and over, thank you. We love uh, the back and forth pokes. Yeah, uh, it's fun. Phoenix and Phone Boy have been ping ponging each other via Boostagram. It's a fantastic uh, aspect of this that uh, I never foresaw coming. And yet, uh, well, I mean, it turns out I guess there's many people coming. So there you have it. And there's many people coming. Uh, 420, live on the CurioCaster tag. That live tag, you can boost, by the way, in Podverse and CurioCaster live these days, as well as Boost CLI if you're command line oriented. Uh, Those are the only three apps that I'm aware of so far that uh, support boosting our live tag. And uh, Toke Tester boosted us 420 from there. Uh, Harv had also boosted us his signature uh, 4269. So we appreciate that. Every time we come on live... On that CurioCaster tag, he's right there with the 4269, ready to rock. Uh, C-Dubs, uh, speaking of Boost CLI, he used it to boost us 10101 sets. All right. Thanks, C-Dubs. And he says, BoostBot now has daily leaderboards. Boost! And here is a link to uh, the BoostBot on Mastodon. It is uh, at BoostBot at social.v4v.dev. It's V, the number four, and V. And uh, if you just search social, or uh, excuse me, if you search BoostBot from any Macedon or Pluroma instance, you will find BoostBot. If your instance isn't one of the 
coop face ones that blocks, but uh, I don't think boost bots on a lot of blocking radars. So uh, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> this is a cool feature that uh, C Dubs wrote in. The boost bot every day will boost out the current leaderboard, and basically that leaderboard takes a look at the last seven days. And it's everybody using BoostBot, so it's all podcasts. It's not just Bull After Bull. Um, although we did have like a leaderboard frenzy last Tuesday uh, that was kicked off by the Podfather himself. And uh, Yeah, that was crazy. So still, uh, the last update of that was this morning at 11 a.m. And uh, it looks like Phoenix is on that top spot with 62,960. Out of Fountain. Hell yeah. Uh, followed by NBS in second place, 33,420. And C-Dubs, third place, with 33,333. Nice. So you can see the top 10 uh, every day, the top 10 of the last seven days rolling. There's most amount boosted, and then there's also largest boosts. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Awesome stuff. Thank you, C-Dubs, for that. He's always coming up with something new, which is really awesome. 33,333. Uh, that's four threes out of Fountain from NetNed, and he says BBB, bigger and better bowlers. Congrats on upgrades. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That upgrades was a big thing. That was a big thing. Uh, three thirty-three. Uh oh, Thor's back swinging again. Uh, <laughs> and he says this is gonna keep going, Phoenix. This is gonna keep going. Uh, eighty-eight, eighty-eight from Carolyn. Woo! Out of CarioCaster, she's boosting that live tag, saying, "Yo, bowlers, pre-rolls and super eights." confetti oh yeah thanks carolyn hell yes well thank you all of you bowlers so awesome and so interactive this is a great way to uh send and receive value and it's like this instant feedback loop and it's been so fun like integrating this podcasting 2.0 stuff we've been in it over a year and a half now wow which is kind of hard to wrap my mind around you know like um it was december of 2020 and uh, we were just on a voltage node, and the only way you could do it was in Sphinx. Sphinx Tribe. Just like a Sphinx Tribe, which, by the way, we... Uh, still, still got rocking. We still do have the Sphinx Tribe rocking. They really got the Sphinx Tribe rocking. You can go to uh, tribes.sphinx.com. Is that right? Goodness gracious. The tribes thing, it's kind of... Uh, stribes. stribes <laughs> wow. Tribes. T-R-I-B-E-S. Tribes.sphinx.chat is where you can find Sphinx Tribes. And uh, bowl after bowl, we are the one with the emojis, the emojiless one as the old one. That node is dead and no longer exists. So bowl after bowl with the little, there's a bowling emoji, the little piece, alien puff smoke. Uh, that's how you know it's us. That's the one. It even says nude node, nude tribe in the description there. So get on in there. We're still alive despite uh, rumors to the contrary. Tell your friends. If you're in the old Sphinx chat and it's like not working or you're like, I'm sending and it doesn't go through or whatever, like I'm not really sure how it's even still listed. I probably should reach out to Paul and see if he can get it pulled uh, from the list there. But uh, yes, move on over to the new tribe, the new tribe. It is sort of a ghost town in there, I will say. Yeah. And uh, yes. And Yes. Well, there's other ways to contribute value too. Things that are easier, maybe, than sending boosts and sending fiat. Not necessarily easier, but other valuable contributions you can make, like sending artwork, which the art didn't post today on my toot. Oh, thanks, Fetty Lab. It keeps doing this. If I schedule something, the art doesn't attach. The picture doesn't attach for me. Hmm. But today's art came to us 
from none other than Fletcher of Hog Story. All right. So, thank, thank you, you. Fletch. Spark one up. I love getting art for the episodes. That's awesome. And the other thing you can do is leave a voicemail. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever went to a hibachi grill or a hibachi restaurant, old Japanese steakhouse. Tell us about it. I bet you've been there. All you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's all right. We'll play it. We will not screen it. And, uh, yeah, we may accidentally give out that number to other people. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you can also, if you're voice shy, text the same number, 816-607-3663. We've got Earl Mittens texting us tonight. Sweet. Uh, telling us he's going to try to listen live if he can get out of that godforsaken bar in time. Well, hopefully you're out there uh, listening along. He also says, always got to thank Willie. And uh, he's got a gift there of the... One-eyed Willie from the Goonies. <laughs> nice. Uh, which I did. Thank Willie. Yeah, and thanks, Willie. You got to thank Willie and hit your inhaler. And, uh, <laughs> That's makes right. it work. Also got a text from the lovely Quirkess alerting us of that full moon. Oh. Right about to kick in. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Quirkass. Wednesday, July tw- uh, 13th, 2022. That's a full moon. Uh, 15 days, 100% illuminated. I'm not sure what the 15 days is referenced to. Um, maybe 15 away from the, or it's 15 days old, this moon. Then you get a new moon. I'm, I'm thinking that's it. It's due to fully rise at 12.38 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, 12, 12.38, 11.38 central. So check it out tonight as it rises if the skies allow. hey That'll be cool, man. It'll be uh, up. I love the daytime full moons, man. Yeah. Really cool. Kicking ass. Kicking ass. If you get a chance to go outside, take a look at that moon. Soak it in, man. Big, fat, beautiful moon. Awesome. Well, uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, some on-chain, off-chain? What do we call it? On-chain, off-chain, cooking, shifting. On-chain, off-chain, cooking, shifting. On-chain, off-chain, go. Streaming have boost the ground. Make they really want to build a no. Yeah, we better. By the way, that pew was uh, Elite Boost 1337 from N4VX. Woo! Who says, really digging the new Bull After Bull Azuracast player. Thank you for your coding. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, yes. Uh, Thank you, N4VX. Stand on the shoulders of giants. I did very little coding uh, for this, but I did just a little bit of customization <laughs> stuff. And you got it done. And uh, yeah, running on Debian. So all of our Linux uh, users should be happy. That's a, yet another Linux machine that I'm running. You're welcome. You're welcome, Linux. We all love you. Uh, where would we be without you? Uh, let's see. We had a good B- uh, Bitcoin meetup last Thursday at uh, Bricks. Bricks, uh, it's a little brand new Mexican joint in Westport. And uh, Nick Newman was there, one of the founders of Casa. And he was talking about the importance of holding your own keys, which was so fantastic. It was a good presentation. It was sort of surreal. It was funny because, like, in Bricks, so they have this projector, and uh, last time we had a meetup there, 
Mitch, as usual, kind of plugs his laptop into the projector and then like does his presentation and stuff. Uh, for whatever reason, this time the connection just wasn't there. Like we weren't able to use the projector and they at bricks use it to play, uh, Latin music, like, uh, reggaeton and Latin hip hop, uh, music videos. And so kind of while Mitch is doing his presentation and then while Nick Newman's doing his presentation, it's just like a bunch of ass and titties and like (laughs) motorcycle tricks and like lamborghinis and it's very hard to pay attention when you got uh (laughs) ass shaking above just like right above your head uh but no it was it was a great time and uh it was cool he kind of explained casa as a as a product and how it works which is basically a service you can get that helps you hold your own keys and helps you keep custody of your own bitcoin uh by maintaining it in multi-signature wallets uh where you have a set of keys and they keep a set of keys and then there's a third set of keys um, for, let's say, a two out of three situation. And so uh, you keep two keys, they keep one key, and in the event that you ever lost a key, they can still help you restore your Bitcoin. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was incredible. It was a cool talk. He also is a KC boy. He grew up in KC, so. Oh, neat. Yes. I think he's in the Rocky Mountain area now, but uh, came out of Kansas City. So he's now a member of our uh, Bitcoin, our KC Bitcoiners Telegram group. Sweet. Which is great. It's a great place to be. You definitely want to be in there. And uh, yeah, had a great chat. I didn't get the chance to get him on mic because... uh, get pulled into this conversation and had to like rehab an argument that I had already had with somebody, which is unfortunate, but also like had to happen kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I you heard could... about it on Ablecraft. <laughs> yeah. If you want the details, <laughs> you can go to Ablecraft. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yes. Ablecraft podcast. We actually did one of those on Friday, which is another, uh, off the chain news item. No, uh, podcasting 2.0 last week, but, uh, we did get an Ablecraft in, so that's good. Mostly it was talking about the same argument, which essentially was about uh, value for value, and it's essentially its incompatibility with uh, the current outdated dinosaur licensing system. You know, the ASCATs and the BMIs and uh, any of that. But I will not re-earth that can of worms because we thoroughly hashed it out. Please! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, where's the please? Please! You nailed it. That was a really good please, actually. Uh, Next Thursday night, actually, I should say this coming, because it's two days, 7-14, uh, there's going to be another Casey Bitcoiners meetup. The many use cases of Bitcoin. Uh, our guest speaker is going to be Brady Swenson. All right. You may know him of uh, Swan Bitcoin fame. So that'll be at Tanner's and Shawnee at 6 p.m. I cannot make it because I'm doing evening teaches this week. Oh, that's right. So this will be the first KC Bitcoiners meetup that I've missed in quite some time. Wow. But uh, For shame. It should be really great. Just kidding. <laughs> Go out to Tanner's, meet Brady. Uh, he is the VP of Education and Marketing over at Bitcoin, uh, at Swan Bitcoin. And he also has a couple podcasts, uh, the Swan Signal podcast and Citizen Bitcoin as well. Uh, in the off-chain news, Ring of Fire number eight, officially balanced today. Woo! Was the most painless one I've had so far. 
And I think the reason is because uh, I told everybody, hey, lower those fees by seven. And some people were like, do I have to really wait till seven? Can I do it earlier? And I was like, man, you, you know, if you, do, if you don't route a lot, like you can probably do it at six or whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I was like, the more that your node routes generally probably just wait longer and get closer to seven. But, mm, you know, seven is kind of the target of when I'm going to go try and rebalance. And then I uh, was distracted with a bunch of different things today. So I didn't even start until like four minutes after seven. I looked at the clock and was like, oh, shit. I have to get on this. And so I I use Igniter uh, to balance those rings of fire. And there's a config script that you have to set up with everybody's node, all the hops, and the amount that you're going to send, and your max fee you're willing to pay, and then the channel ID for the initial channel that it goes like from my node to the next guy's node. Uh, so all of that info has to be filled out in the config script, which takes some time, you know. I'm... Uh, getting a little faster at it, but it takes a few minutes to do, to plug everybody's node uh, public key in and all that shit. So I essentially, when I tested it, um, you were a member of this Ring of Fire. Yes, I was. And so I didn't even alert you or make you, you know, I just kind of said it in the Telegram chat of, hey, seven tonight, everyone lowered fees. <laughs> Which I'm so, not a part of. <laughs> right. So you didn't get the memo and I looked at the clock and was like, oh shit. So I just was like, Hey, you know what? Your base fee is two thousand, two thousand sets. Like you just keep it; it's fine. Well, thanks. It's from my node to your node, a little two thousand sets. <laughs> but uh, usually, I have to wait for that fee change to gossip out, and I have to just keep spamming uh, fucking igniter.sh uh, build, and I keep building the route, building the route, making sure that I'm not gonna get dinged for all those fees. But this time, worked like a charm. Like the very first time, the only fee that was uh, applied was the one at your node. And I was like, I'm perfectly happy to pay that fee. So I just sent it balanced out five million sat capacity. So that, that was a good one. Yeah, that was awesome. We're already recruiting for uh, ring of fire. Number nine, that's going to be a million sat capacity. So uh, in layman's terms, if you've got a node, new node or old node, doesn't really matter. You want to uh, be opening some channels. If you want some liquidity, uh, a ring of fire is a channel creation strategy where you get several people to cooperatively open channels to uh, one another in a circle. And then one guy, uh, typically me as I'm organizing these, will send a payment to himself through the ring to rebalance all those channels. And then boom, your ring's ignited, you're good to go. That's a ring of fire. Uh, TLDR, what you get is two balanced channels for the price of opening one channel. And we're doing a million sat capacity. C-Dubs needs one. So he's in. So uh, we got C-Dubs in. We got Boobery in. We got Dr. Dub in. I will probably join this one. You uh, in or you I'm s- in. You want to do one? I got the sats. I'm so down. I think one more, uh, one more seat. One more seat in this ring. But I will also gladly sacrifice At my count. seat after doing the last one. Yeah. If there's and, someone else. And me as well, too. Like, I, I could always use more channels, but I don't need, need, need one. So, like, if two or three people hit me up saying I need a million sat ring of fire in my life right now, then uh, we'll just pop you in there and, and step out. It's fine. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, just let us know if you want to yeah. join. Spencer at And if not, bowl, I'm in. Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. Yeah. Sir Bimrose, perhaps, mayhaps. Somebody should uh, hit Sir Bimrose up. The chat's hopping. The chat's excited about the Ring of Fire. I love it. Yes. So that'll be kicking off uh, probably in a week's time, I'd say. 
by the sound Sweet. of things, if we only need one more ass in the chair, like, and nobody else says anything, we'll just launch. We'll we'll uh, get it going. I like to have that flexibility, though. It's pretty good stuff. And uh, yes, that is all the cocaine in this line. Uh, all right. I heard another boost coming. Oh yeah, you did, didn't you? I uh, did. We got a pew. We got a pew. A Pepe Le Pew. Looks like uh, a little bit of sixty-nine, sixty-nine. From, uh, you guessed it, it's Phoenix, out of Fountain. Um, she has a, sounds like a poem here. Let me see if I can do it justice. The bowl is lit, but the bed is cold. For this shit, I am too old. Phone boy, my prince, this promise I make to thee. The last bowl this shall be without your arms wrapped around me. I love you, your bonafide mother-trucking princess, Phoenix. Hell yeah. Ooh. I kept it on the rails. Good delivery. The tongue is drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then she puts a 333 on top. And says, oh yeah, you too, Thor. <laughs> nice. Well, magic number was lit this week. And we had a repeat story, kind of. Oh boy. Biden's approval hits 33%. Except for this time it wasn't all around. It was from Democrats only. Oh, 33% from Dems. That's the next part of the headline. There was a semicolon there, and the headline continues. Democrats want 2024 options, poll shows. Yeah, no joke. Not a joke. That's hurt, man. It's hurt. Yeah, the Gritney thing's not helping. That's for sure. What is helping? Is there anything helping? No. No. I mean, you... I just remember his campaign trail, like the six people in the audience sitting in bobbles or, you know, with circles drawn on the ground beneath them and low energy, Sleepy Joe, Dusty Man. Or Bob Robinson's Jeep uh, (laughs) celebration. (laughs) The bike falling over. Uh. (laughs) There's many people coming. Mm. But not that guy. (laughs) No, I think not. Uh, then I saw the death toll in Russia's missile attack on Chasiv Yar rises to 33. That was oh. on a uh, Ukraine information site. It had a ridiculous name. I was like, wow. Um, Chasiv Yar? Is that what you said? Can you say that again? Yeah. Chasiv Yar. <laughs> nice. In the Donetsk region. Okay. Um, the, But the website is called ukraine form like ukraine but it's in form worked into ukraine and then it says ukrainian multimedia platform for broadcasting neat i should have looked up when this was created you know because it just seems so pandery uh but anyways after i documented that headline uh there was an update today actually from the guardian that the death toll rose to 34. Oh. So, <clears throat> I don't know if it counts. Just missed it. <laughs> well, Ukraine got the headline in, you know. The, yeah, the magic well, number's that's been the thing, man. That's waved. the thing about death tolls is there's some fucking reporter sitting there waiting for the 33 death toll to hit, and then they run the story. Yes. They then run it. The it story. can be 2.45 in the morning. Once it hits 33, dude, they're like, published, go, right now. Yep. We know we got 33. We know we got them. <laughs> Uh, then I saw there was a truck driver sentenced to federal prison for smuggling 26 people in a locked refrigerated trailer set to 33 degrees. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all illegal immigrants, uh, not documented. 
found lying on top of ice and pallets of frozen broccoli. No one died, though, although they were all afraid they might freeze to death. And, uh, yeah, this guy's going to prison, the truck driver. But uh, it did not mention the fate of any of these uh, folks that were in the truck. So I'm not going to assume that they went back to their homeland, and I'm not going to assume that they stayed. I just don't know. Hmm. Uh, then I got some bonuses because this was just a fun one. Uh, Kuji Jailbreak. Uh, the Buhari government declares 33 Boko Haram terrorists wanted. This is crazy. So these gunmen that they think are Boko Haram bombed their way into a prison and freed 879 inmates Whoa. last week. And not just last week, last token Tuesday. Mm. It was a uh, medium security custodial center. How dare they on a show In Abuja. Day. Yeah, but so out of all those 879 inmates, they think about 64 have terror-related charges, but they only want 33 of them. Of course, right. <laughs> yeah. um, then 33 acres of Hana coastline on Maui were added to permanent protection zone. That's neat. And then I had a Chicago update, because over the weekend, 33 people were wounded in shootings, and one died. So there you go. That's the magic number for this week. Uh, until, of course, you look into the Koof stories, in which there were 33 new cases in the Erode District oh, of India. It's probably pronounced differently, but I was like, wow, Erode, that's a terrible name for a place. In English. Uh, then I saw only 33% of eligible 60-plus were given their third dose in Maharashtra, India. Ooh. The Indian man has just been keeping the coof alive. No doubt. No one else is really talking about it. Uh, I saw Ontario was talking about monkeypox. Ontario reporting 101 mon- monkeypox cases up from 33 two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Yeah. And then not magic number related, but coof related. I saw that in New York, they had 500 couples uh, get together for a mass re-wedding. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. 500 couples that were... To get married during the scamdemic and couldn't or had, you know, teeny tiny ceremonies or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was hosted outside of the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts. I just saw the pictures and I was like, this is so New York. There's nothing stronger than having it be done in front of a crowd. Yeah. Uh, It was like a big multicultural ceremony, not legally binding, of course. And they had music and dancing and the freaking mayor, Eric Adams... Got to say a few words. Hooray. Yeah. Um, Did he apologize? <laughs> no. For locking the sons apologize? of bitches down? Like, oh, sorry that our government had to do this to you all. I doubt he apologized. Mm. I didn't listen to the guy talk, though, so. If he did, you know, probably, me, There's probably bowl. some propaganda about how, like, because of your sacrifice, we're all able to, like, be alive today or some yeah, shit. Probably or, some shit like, we're all in this together. And enjoy this mass ceremony now because we're going to lock down again. Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, we did it can. once. Uh, you don't mind this giant mass re-wedding. Just, I don't know. It's just kind of gross to me. These people are like, it's a couple on couple on couple in these like lawn chairs. Just all smushed together. It's not these like their families were there. You know, it's just like all the, the photos from the AP were just all these couples kissing in a line. Ah. Mm. It's not so interesting to me, about? but 
Um, and then the Lincoln Center had this on their website. They said it's a special day for newlyweds, those whose weddings were canceled or diminished, and people who want to recommit their love to their partners in the city we love. Again, so New York. I was mm. like, this is very New York. You know, any city could have done this. They're like, oh, you you wanted to get married during the scamdemic. Uh, let's just all celebrate you today. But now I just New see York. it as a backfiry kind of like, hey, look how many people's lives we fucked up. <laughs> That's a good way to see it. A lot. And this is only like the percentage that's like wanting to do a redo thing. And it's 500 couples. Like, that's so a good amount of people. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, no more horse shit after horse shit. Let's go behind the curtain. All right. Yeah, my favorite waiting. place to be. I was waiting for you to ask. Yep. And of course, you know, there's a thing. It just sits in the corner. I'm grabbing that. That uh, over there. There's that uh, that grinder. Let me go grab that. Oh yeah, grab it. I'll um just let everyone know that there is a Brittany Grinder update. A little good old shoe, good old shoe. So it turns out that the ladies from the View, who we played a clip from them, unfortunately last week, uh, and they were talking about how. WNBA players don't make enough money, so they have to go play elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? I remember. <clears throat> and Brittany Griner is a gold medalist, Olympian, and whatnot. So I was like, "There's why would that doesn't make sense for her to be on this like low budget salary? Which a low salary for the WNBA still started at sixty thousand dollars. So it's a good, it's a decent salary for someone." You know, I'm getting out of, I don't know, for most people, it's a good starting salary. Uh, in my opinion, always. Especially considering that, like, if you're at the absolute bottom, let's not forget, if you're at the absolute bottom of a professional sports salary uh, range, that means you're not probably playing most of the time. Oh, sure. In games, right? That's like, a good point. You don't have a bunch of floor time. Which is cool. So making sixty grand to just like practice and dress out, that's a great gig. Yeah. And yes, you have to be like an actress for the state when you're a professional athlete and whatever. But you get to play the game you love, right? Like that's why people get into sports. They love playing the game. I don't know. I'm not athletic, so. Uh, but yeah, okay. So it, upon my research, turns out Brittany Griner earns a super max salary. That's what they called it. Supermax. Supermax salary. Sounds like a fucking jet or something. Of $227,000. Cool. Wow. On on top of that. Holy shit. Yeah. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must be. She went and played over in China, which I didn't know about. Uh, China. You know how much she made there playing Uh, for them? 20,000 yuan. Uh, no. Or yin, is it? Great one. No, uh, one. I, I was right the first time. I don't know in the Chinese currency, but she made 600,000 American dollars. Holy Moses. From China. And then, as we all know, she was playing over in Russia. You know what she was making in Russia? What? 1.5 million American dollars. Yes. So this is not. Oh, give the Peter Yeah, this isn't a case of that. Like, oh, she was forced to go over there. She's one of the, like, top-earning WNBA athletes. So, anyways, I mean, we know the view is is full of shit. I just wanted to, like, present some numbers to prove it. Well, I appreciate that. Then, the White House released a press release 
um, right after the bowl, pretty much, on Wednesday to let everyone know that they called Brittany Griner's wife Sherelle. Why'd they call that's, her Sherelle? <laughs> oh, that's her name. Oh, okay. All right. All right. They, call, they called her on the telephone. <laughs> yeah, they called her on the telephone and they spoke with her. They being uh, President Some. Dusty Man Biden and the Vice President Kamala Harris. Oh, really? Both of them on the phone. Did she call and be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know it. With a stoner laugh. Yeah. That's like all I ever hear her say. That's because that's all she can say. <laughs> that um, seems about right. But that laugh is a stoner's laugh. Now, Troll Griner's been bitching about wanting a phone call from them this whole time, you know, and like mm-hmm. reaching out, being like, I'm not hearing from anyone. Blah, blah, blah. And so I just thought it was like, <laughs> I don't know, is it usual for the White House to put out a press release to let everyone know that they made a we, phone call guys, to someone? We called. We called her. We did it. We called her. Yeah. And of course. Pity call. When this happened and the press release came out, uh, you know, they're all, they're dragging the names of other Americans that are in Russia right now, imprisoned in Russia. Like. Mm-hmm. Paul Whelan, for example. And so when this press release came out, his family stood up and was like, so what do we have to do to get a phone call from the president? Nice. <laughs> I mean, here we have a, a white man imprisoned in Russia. Uh, another see, see, if another he was, view talking point. If Brittany was white, she would have got a phone. Oh, wait. She did get a phone call. Yeah. And if Brittany was LeBron, oh, wait. <laughs> she might as well. Brittany's making multi-million dollars. Yeah. Oh, the PR for the WNBA right now, she's killing it. She is an all-star. It's like <laughs> any time that America remembers the WNBA exists is a great time for the WNBA. Right. 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 So uh, in this phone call, according to the press release, because the phone call was not recorded and released to my knowledge, maybe someday it will be, uh, but according to the White House briefing here, um, they told her that they will do whatever is necessary to secure the release of Britney as soon as possible. So we um, giving them the boot? Is that what that means? I don't know. Right? That's uh, what we would assume because, of course, Russian media and our media have been talking about Victor Boot. Mm-hmm. Also known as the Merchant of Death. Yeah. He's a good arms dealer. Ominous. And... Uh, I did a little reading on him this week. I was surprised to find out that he was a contractor for the Pentagon for a while. <laughs> and nice. when he got finally picked up, finally, you know, busted, um, it was actually a DEA sting where they pretended to be a Colombian guerrilla group trying to overthrow their country's government. Ah, uh, yeah, I think John briefly talked about uh, the entrapment, but he made it sound like it was an FBI uh, deal. You say it's DEA? Yeah, it was DEA. Yeah. Still the same DOJ, and before, sluts. Before, right, yeah, the DOJ, exactly. Before they revealed themselves as uh, being DEA to him and put him against the wall and into cuffs, you know, he said to them, according to the media and what I've been reading and have in my show notes, um, like we have the same enemy. That's mm. how I feel about the DEA, man. Even when they're like, "Well, ha, we're the DEA," I was like, "Yeah, 
fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> jerks, bunch of jerks over there. Yeah, seriously. All and of these fucking DOJ sub subsidiaries are just corrupt cowboys, drunk on overbloated budgets and just fucking people over, man. All in just entrapment schemes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they, you know, this guy has been in the business, allegedly, of dealing arms and moving them from place to place. <laughs> Pentagon contract. A while. But right, they didn't want to get him while he was contracted for the Pentagon, yeah, doing work yeah. for us, you know, bringing Sounds us like some a, arms, maybe. Kind of like a Whitey Bulger situation. Exactly. It's like, you're our boy until you're not, and then we fucking throw you in jail. Yeah, the American story. Yeah, that's yeah. how we do it. So... Yeah, um, and you know, I also saw that the federal judge who sentenced Victor Boot, she could have given him life, and she didn't. She actually gave him the minimum amount that she could, and she said she didn't think it was fair, and she didn't like the um, the name Merchant of Death, and I thought that was pretty telling. Like, she said if she could have given him less, she would have. Damn. So he's 14 years into that sentence of 25 years. So he's got 11 left if he doesn't get traded out. Um, but meanwhile... And yeah, since his uh, since they pulled him out of the game, you had to deal with uh, bullshit amateurs like the Vegas guy. What's his nuts? Oh, yeah. Haddock. Haddock, yeah. <laughs> or Red Herring or whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah, the sushi guy. Yeah. <laughs> out there getting comped. Pulling out fucking three-story windows or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. People don't remember that, though. Um, meanwhile. Well, the guy had no motive, so, you know. It's yeah. hard to remember. Yeah. It's hard to remember in general. But the uh, all the distractions and stuff. I mean, this whole Brittany Griner thing is a giant distraction, too. But. Yeah, without a doubt. Distraction <laughs> slash big-ass WNBA ad buy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And destruction of. Biden. Yeah, the little Biden hit job. It's just... Uh, Harris hit job. It's embarrassing. I mean, what can they do? She broke a Russian law, mm -hmm. and she's been arrested in Russia, and no matter how you paint it, like, they say she's wrongfully detained, but when you break a law and are put imprisoned for it, well, not she hasn't been imprisoned yet, but she's detained for it, uh, I mean, that's not wrongful. Yeah, you know. They're going to posture and say shit, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, the Russian foreign ministry this past week has been bitching about that, about how American media calls her wrongfully detained, and specifically the White House is leading the charge on that terminology. Um, and they just said, hey, you know, once she gets her sentencing, she can appeal, she can apply for clemency um, after that. But these are our laws. And they also said that prisoner swaps are very difficult with the United States. Which, I can fucking imagine how many <laughs> strings come attached with that shit, dude. Seriously. So it kind of like, you know, taking a whole, a little step back on the Victor Boot thing. But, you know, I also think uh, the American media kind of played that card quickly. Like, showed their hand, basically. Showed their they, ass. They, they've talked about it so much, it's like, well, it's obvious that's what's going on now. I but. know. I, I love how they fucking just plaster headlines all over about it and then also whine about it's not getting enough attention. Like, what the fuck? You want to shut up about this shit? I know. You guys are the attention makers, so pay attention to yourselves. Look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, well. Um. So, Brittany had her court, her second court appearance last week, and she pled guilty. 
Oh, boy. Which I thought was interesting. But, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of, like, the American legal system. So it's just, this is a totally different game. Um, right. Yeah, it's not like she's taking some plea deal, right? Not that like I'm she's aware not, of. She's not pleading down to some lesser charge. But... It's, that's how it usually goes around here, you know. You pl- right. You plead down, or you get a deal, or whatever the fuck, you know. You're cooperating with the. That is certainly not the case in Russia. I yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. I get, I had my doubts. If I mean, if you look up anything, any Russian propaganda against weed, like they hate weed. They hate weed. They just hate pot. Like they're very strongly against it. The government. Mm-hmm. Not the people, obviously. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, well, I have my doubts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have my dad's exact. I've never been to Russia. I don't speak Russian, but um, the government is very strongly anti weed. And so to get caught with weed in the country is a big fucking deal to them. Um, so, anyways, uh, she was detained in February. So it's been, what, four and a half months? And they extended that to December 20th, which I talked about in the last bowl with her first court appearance. And so I think that putting in the guilty plea just speeds things up. It speeds up the whole process. Because like the Russian foreign ministry said, you know, then she can appeal. Then she can apply for clemency. Yada, yada. Mm. But without that sentencing, it doesn't move forward. She's just indefinitely detained. And it just keeps getting extended. But with the sentencing, maybe negotiations speed up. That's how I'm taking this, at least, in her action. Um but she denied intent because the charge was like intentionally bringing weed into the country mm. or of course a weed product. It was a vape cartridge that she was allegedly caught with. Um, but it w- wasn't intentionally because, uh, stoned on pot. She was stoned on pot. She didn't know that it was in her suitcase. Uh-huh. She said she packed in a hurry and whoops, it was in there. Uh huh. But it's funny because, you she know, is- Stoned. <laughs> if she was flying out of New York to, where would she fly? You know, I, fuck, let's say Nebraska, you know? She gets off in Nebraska. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know why she'd go to Nebraska. But where would she fly? L.A. <laughs> but either way, you step out of a plane, or you step onto a plane with TSA and they catch you with weed. You know what they do? They refer you to law enforcement. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, oh, you got caught with, it's no big deal. We'll just put the weed to the side. We'll keep your weed and you can go on. No, it's like law enforcement gets called into it. And it is a big deal depending on where you're at. Because, of course, this is America. Weed is still Schedule 1, federally illegal on the Controlled Substances Act. So, anyways, yeah. She says. uh, Just looking at some flights here. New York to Moscow. You are having a layover in perhaps Dubai. Ooh, uh, is the most common one. I'm seeing a lot of Dubai, some Istanbul, um, mostly Dubai though. It's heavily New York to Dubai to Moscow. So that's probably the probably the middle stop. <clears throat> well, anyways, in America, when you land in when you fly out of one state and land in another, they don't check your luggage when you land. That's you right. Know? But when you're entering another country, mm-hmm. of course, you have to go through this whole rigmarole. Yes. Um, and I think we had said a few episodes ago 
because the view, the la- the, <laughs> the ladies on the view. Sorry to keep bringing them up, everyone. Fucking but, view, ladies. Uh, Joy specifically had said, like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Russians planted it on her. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, it's not like there's any security video. But it looks like there is security video of them going through her luggage and finding them and confronting her about it. Um, and I haven't seen it in full. I've just seen a little clip. So I'm like, well, I know it's out there. God, she should have just said it's CBD 50 state legal, man. Still not Russian legal, <laughs> which doesn't change things. See, this is the thing. This no, is the wall you keep running into. I know. You break a law in another country. You're fucked. Yeah, you can re- get really good at weaseling the laws in your own country, and then it's the minute you go somewhere else, it's like all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So her next hearing is scheduled for July 14th. We'll see what happens then. Um. The White House has said that her guilty plea is going to have no impact on negotiations to bring her home. And is then- that just cope though? <laughs> Uh, it's the Dusty Man administration. I think a lot of this is cope. But I also think that a lot of this is scripted and will sure. continue to play out the way it's meant to. Yes. Um. And so it was mentioned, I believe, well, I saw it in her, when I was reading about the hearing, um, at the end of the hearing, some embassy officials went up to Grittany and gave her a letter from Biden. He wrote her back. Because remember last time we talked about her uh, letter that she wrote to him? You write it uh, in green crayon. <laughs> See? Now the letter's not released. At least with hers, we got a good paragraph out a, of it. Did it have a pudding stain on it? <laughs> I like pudding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. We don't know anything about it. We don't know what it said. Yeah. You know? I don't know if it was like, hey, yeah, I bet your hair smells like oranges. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> I can't wait to sniff you <laughs> when you're back home safe, which we will make sure you are. Uh, that, that's kind of what I guess it might say. Um, but we don't know. Uh, but, of course, it got brought up at the White House press briefing, as it always does. So I got some clips. Oh, I probably should turn oh, yeah. you on. Turn- Turn me on. Just one more. On, um, now that Brittany Griner has uh, pleaded guilty, what, what is the next steps that the administration is contemplating? Uh, does the president support Bill Richardson um, going over um, to Moscow? To- Let me pause it there because there is another story I should bring up. I didn't know that journalist was going to bring it up. Former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, who has been, of course, shouting, hey, get Brittany home. Not in those words, but... Uh, he runs the nonprofit Richardson Center, which privately works on behalf of families of hostages and detainees. Um, anyways, he is going to travel to Moscow, allegedly, to work on securing her release privately. And he's in touch with the National Security Council. And I guess he had a hand in the prisoner swap for Trevor Reed. So seems like the dude, I guess. Um, the expert. Yeah. And turns out... That members from the Richardson Center traveled to Russia in February when she was originally detained and came back with what they say is a clear sense of what Russia wanted and presented that to the White House, which is like, oh, Victor Boot? Is that how this all started? Yeah. Don't know. Because mm. there's no details on it. 
But anyways, I'll continue. It's the clip isn't about uh, Richardson. I just thought that was an interesting little development. Try to fashion her release, and would the would the administration entertain a trade of Russian detainees uh, in American custody for Ms. Reiner, particularly the arms dealer Victor Pope? So just to be clear, so I've said this before, but I want to state it again. We believe that the Russian Federation is holding, uh, has wrongfully detained Brittany Griner, and she is in intolerable circumstances right now. And we are going to do everything that we can. Uh, The president has this top of mind uh, to make sure that we get Brittany home safely and also Paul Whelan. That is uh, an important, uh, important priority of the president. And he... You know, we've been clear from day one when it comes to U.S. nationals who are being held abroad, uh, who are being held wrongfully, uh, detained wrongfully, uh, who are being held hostage, we are going to do everything that we can, use every means that we have to bring them home. I'm not going to negotiate from here. I'm not going to lay out uh, exactly uh, the steps that we're going to take, uh, as you can imagine why. Uh, we Big want brain to negotiator we do here. this uh, safely. Uh, as you know, the president wrote uh, a letter to uh, Brittany Griner. He spoke to uh, her wife yesterday. Um, and so Secretary Blinken, just on the letter, because I know people were asking me, I think people saw this already. Uh, the letter was delivered to her. He tweeted, uh, U.S. Embassy and Moscow officials again attended Brittany Griner's trial today and delivered to her a letter from President Biden. Uh, we will not relent until Brittany, Paul Whelan, and all and all other wrongfully detained Americans are reunited with their loved ones. And that is the, the focus of the uh, Secretary of State. That's the focus of the President National, uh, National Security Team and his focus as well. Yep. Same talking points as always. You know, top of mind. Very important. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a mind that's kind of tough to climb on top of, I bet. Yeah, it's a mind that's been removed or cut open several times, right? Like, (laughs) It's a a mind that's been tinkered with. One hell of a mind. Yeah. Yeah. Not many like it, thank God. But hey, uh, it kind of is like, you know, all Americans detained in Russia. Hey, I'd take all of them. Let's get all the Americans out on on a trade with one guy. That's cool with me. But especially Mr medical weed with the prescription who's in prison for 14 years and no one ever talks about yeah i really want him back because he had just gotten back surgery and he had a doctor's script and everything just like somehow didn't know the russian law even though he worked at the moscow embassy yeah that part's a little disappointing but (laughs) but i still if you're just in jail for weed i want you out whether you're in russia or america yeah man the the embassy guys all them fuckers should have Whatever diplomatic immunity they get, and anyway, right? I mean, why have an embassy in there if you can't uh, have your own shit going on? Yeah, I don't know. So, um, I don't know how it works, man. I'm just an idiot. Yeah, me too. Just a simple tart over here. <laughs> and uh, the the press secretary, Corinne Jean Pierre, or whatever her name is. Just, that sounds right. So <laughs> like, not impressive, you know? Yeah. No. Um, no, no, she sounds like the, like if they gave the job to like the fourth place interviewee or something, you know. Well, didn't it's like well, you tried the hardest, so we're going to give it to you. Didn't they say it was going to go to a black woman? Like wasn't that an insistence, like a job requirement? You had to be a black woman to get that job? I don't know if it was that one in particular, but pro- I mean, you know, odds are pretty good. So if that's the job requirement, then hey, she nailed it. She yeah, fits. 
unfortunately, I got another clip from her. Made the mark. It was a hot topic at the, this was the July 7th. Um, she constantly sounds here. like she's pooping her pants in fear, which yeah. is not really like what you want to put on the podium. No. You got to be making the journalists I mean, poop their pants in fear. Jin Saki was really good at being a smarmy kind of better than you, smarter than you bitch, and like not answering the question and dodging around it and also being, you know, just kind of like sneering at the people who would dare to ask the wrong questions. Yeah, but like circling back. She would at least, like, handle her shit, you know? It wasn't like she was ever, like... Like, this girl seems terrified at all times. Yeah, I Just, think like, she is. Just, like, wanting to leave right when she gets up there. She's like, God damn it. <laughs> and she's reading pretty much directly from the paper in front of her, which is why it's the same thing, like, the same answers every single time. Versus Saki and uh, Kaylee. Kaylee, yeah. They both, like, got up there, like... They like the taste of blood in their mouth kind of thing. You know, they like got up there and were like, all right, this is going to be fun for me. Yeah. Well, here's what I was going to add to say. Another journo question thrown at her. It's great. Um, can you share any more about what the president conveyed in his letter to Brittany Griner? So oh, the president, uh, as you know, was deeply moved, as you can imagine. I, I know some of you read her letter as well, was deeply moved by, by her handwritten note. Uh, he wanted her to know and to reassure her that we are doing, that he is doing everything that he can uh, to bring her home. Uh, you know, in her letter, she talked about what July 4th meant means for her this year and what freedom means for her this year and that is touching and so again we are going to do he is going to do everything that he can uh, to make <laughs> sure she gets home uh, safely this is top of mind um, and uh, he had a a, a um, you know a, a very I would say a very deep um, and he sees it as an important conversation with with uh, her wife as well yesterday so convincing and good like joe sleepy joe biden gonna do everything he can to make her free to free her to bring her back to america just high confidence there Hmm. no doubt it's top of mind you know it's top of mind and i love the russian federation meme i love that i know they like insist on calling it that yeah it's in her notes it's in her notes to say that um but i haven't heard anyone else regurgitate it yet but we'll see we'll see what happens um now Brittany's legal team expects that her case will conclude at the beginning of august so we will see if their guesstimation is correct meanwhile the new york daily news editorial board wrote an you know the editorial board op-ed thingy that was the most uncomfortable thing for me when I worked at uh, my first newspaper was the editorial board. I was like, wait a minute, we're objective journalists. Why are we telling people what we think should happen? Why are we telling people our opinions? You know, writing an op-ed from the people who work here. Kind of sleazy, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, but anyways, they wrote a little op-ed urging Biden to bring Britney home. And, of course, in there, they also called for a descheduling of weed. Um, and they pointed out that, hey, if it had been TSA that caught her, she'd probably be in trouble, too, because law enforcement gets called in to handle it, like I said. So, And uh, I didn't clip anything from it, but Al Sharpton had Brittany's wife on his show, which is called Keeping It Real. <laughs> Word. And... Um, I have a link in the show notes if you want to listen to it. it. Really, that was a nothing burger. 
But then he sent out a press release on Thursday that he was going to have a little forum on Friday, you know, calling for Britney's safe return home. And he made a little tagline for them. We are BG. Oh, and when I BG. said it out loud I, the first time, I was like, we are BG. God dang it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, get out of here. We are BG. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I was like, that's terrible. That's just bad. Um, but he's also, he wants the Biden administration to arrange a visit for him to go to Russia to pray with Brittany. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Like, Mr. Richardson over there is just taking care of it himself, you know? <laughs> but you want the administration to send you over. Okay. That's all right. Um, so anyways, he had this press conference Friday, and I did grab some clips of it because her wife spoke and said some interesting things like this. Secondly, I'd like to thank the WNBA. You guys did not have to go to the extreme measures that you have in honoring my wife this entire WNBA season from the thoughtless efforts to immediately compensate her salary to immediately lift her up the entire season. Thoughtless, huh? Thoughtless. Ouch. Yeah, I was like, hey, girl, you meant the other one. <laughs> Full <laughs> compensate her salary, so she's still getting paid. Yeah, that's great. She's sitting in a room with nothing to do, thoughtlessly making money while wrongfully detained. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, then I got this other clip I thought was interesting from Sherelle. So I'm grateful and I'm thankful that the administration that was the first one that BG ever voted for ding, ding. took the time to see her as a person, to see her in the midst of what she's going through and to speak to me directly and let me know that they are exhausting all efforts to bring her home. Which that whole thing was such an eye roller for me because for four and a half months, this woman has been complaining about not hearing anything from the administration at all you know despite her trying and trying to get a hold of them and now they finally do and she's like this is just so great they're just so wonderful this was the first time my wife voted <laughs> and of damn. course Brittany Griner is an athlete that turned her back on the American flag took a knee wanted the national anthem out of things played in fucking China and Russia and now she wants America to come get her out safely. You know, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful story. <laughs> pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, and, of course, it wouldn't be a Sharpton press conference if I didn't get a little clip from him. Oh, yeah. The master and disaster. Hope, uh, that we all, I had said that I was wanted to go and have prayer with her in Russia. I would love even more to have prayer with her back home. Her and the others. I bet. That have been detained. And uh, Sherelle, I've been in a lot of struggles, but I'm going to do something I don't do. I'm going to risk messing up my hair to wear your T-shirt. What oh the fuck? Don't laugh at me if I mess up my hair now. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> we are all BG. See, he messed up his own line. He said, we are all BG. We're all BG. But it's supposed to be, we are BG. We are BG. 
Come on, they're summoning Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We all know what's going on. We it's all a ritual. love <laughs> biscuits and gravy. He said it like twice, and I was like, dude, you put it. You. Maybe it's the media team or something, but I read this for the first time from you, and you got it wrong. And he's wearing a t-shirt that says it. <laughs> nice. So he can't even read his shirt. Yeah, well, there you go. Before his press conference, I saw... The We Are BG incited or, uh, you know, put into action directly mm-hmm. by the soccer player Megan Rapinoe. Oh, yeah, When yeah, she yeah. got her Presidential Medal of Honor. Yeah. She had embroidered that phrase onto her jacket with a rose. Uh, I thought, so it's wow. Definitely heavy in play. Yes. And then uh, there was the WNBA All-Star Game, and they honored Brittany there with uh, her number 42. was on all the courts and on the back of players' jerseys. And they announced her as an honorary starter. So, again, great PR for the WNBA. You know, I remember... Uh, your pop was watching some basketball this year, and there was a really whiny commercial about, like, hey, there's women's sports, too, and, like, no one watches it, but, like, you should, because women are important. You remember that? I love women's volleyball. The beach volleyball oh, shit. Who doesn't? Can't beat those grunts. And the bikinis. It's all good. Decent. Ah, uh, yeah. But anyways, that's my good old shoe update for today. That's it. Nice. Uh, well, if the shoe fits. Yeah, right. I gotta keep uh, bringing it into the bowl. It's just sitting there in the corner. Now, pretty much right after the bowl last week, Farmer Todd brought to my attention that Laura Ingraham was going on a tangent again. Oh God, she wants to be the, the evil n- reefer. I swear, she wants to be the new Nancy Grace, dude. Oh, she does. She had this segment. She does her like angle. She calls it her yeah. angle, and she called it the you- angle ham. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. She called it U.S. of Fear. Oh, my God. And I was like, bitch, that's what you're doing. Listen to this. I'm already pissed off. I haven't even heard a word of it yet. (laughs) Now, on the mass shooting in Illinois, indications are that Robert Cremo was a regular pot user. Now, one look at him and to the untrained eye, he looks like a complete psychotic. Have you ever seen anyone looking (laughs) like him? And what can regular pot use trigger in young men in particular? Boners. Psychosis and other violent personality changes. Not everyone, but a significant percentage. And much of his online Citation presence needed. points to simmering yeah. psychosis because oh, under oh, the stage oh, name, oh, wait a and much of his online presence points to simmering psychosis. I heard it. That's yeah. a good. Sl- you heard it. I heard it. We all heard it. She's got a favorite drug. She's talking about psychoke. I think she's under psychosis. I, I do too. The rest of the club doesn't even matter. I just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> she talks about his rapper name and how he made some like raunchy music video. Okay, like, sure. Oh boy, he's a young man. Oh, like, it's you very, know what I mean? Very atypical. Um, but that so of course she's once again relating a mass shooter to weed use, and I say, hey man, like just look at the SSRIs instead. Yeah, 1934 called. They want their propaganda back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She even said, like, well, she kind of tried to make it sound statistically significant, the number of people that suffer psychosis yeah, from smoking weed Backed it up with weed. nothing. And then, yeah, she, uh, she did, I didn't clip this out, but she referenced the New York Times article I did a big breakdown on with the uh, 
hyperemesis disorder where people puke. And she said, like, oh, it's so bad for young people that the New York Times did this whole piece on the psychosis. And she quoted that children's doctor, Levy. And I was like, that was such a terrible hit job. You know, like that girl, a, a one name character in a story who's a was a child, is now 18, but she's not stepping forward presenting herself for this thing. It's Hell made no. up. It comes off as made up, terribly made up. You know, oh, I just sit in my room and cry because I don't want to smoke weed, but I do. Even if it's not made up, it's anecdotal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, especially when they said, well, if you start puking from doing too many dabs, you can always take a warm shower and that seems to make things better. <laughs> right, I remember that. So, oh yeah, a real psychotic break going on here. Yeah. Put some ice cubes in a toilet paper tube and breathe in and out. Yeah. But anyways, here's the rest of a little breakdown. Well, let me tell you this. The marijuana industry is making billions on the lie that weed is fine, no big deal. And even for young people, healthy people, it's great. It could be healthy for you, in fact. Hell yeah. No one is arguing, by the way, nor have I, that most people who use high THC products end up as violent psychotics. That's ridiculous. Oh. But there is mounting scientific evidence of a connection between the increase in violent behavior among young people and regular sustained cannabis use. Oh, really? So if the media <laughs> wants to spend time scaring people, focus on scaring young people away from what? What would make sense? What would actually be helpful? Scare them away from using this drug as young people. No, scare them away from watching people like you on the TV. No shit. Man, but I'll tell you. Studies. The pot industry is extremely well funded and it's even protected by some high place republicans yeah, like you remember too. former house speaker john boehner saw a quick buck to be made and joined an advisory board of a big pot company after being against legalizing opportunist pot. yes and democrats like new york city mayor eric adams sees the extra tax revenue from pot it's great for him it's disgusting when you visit new york so Big Weed uses its well-paid, <laughs> oh pot-pushing media allies and social media influencers to trash anyone who questions the mad rush to legalization. I can tell you this, I don't give a rip. They trash me morning, noon, and night. I don't care. Because they're pushing oh, you're pot so tough, on our kids. Ingram. You're so We're tough. We're pushing for answers and accountability. Oh, my God. They're pushing pot on our kids with 21-plus regulations. Well, you, know? you know what pushes pot on your kids? Prohibition, cunt. Oh, yeah. That's what pushes pot on your kids. Prohibition. Jesus Christ. It's like so old, man. It's so gross. And I like how Already she's like. been thoroughly debunked. Yeah, I love how she's just like, weed made New York City disgusting. No, it's like, no, New York City has always been kind of gross and look, smells like pee. <laughs> all of the rats except for one make New York City disgusting. <laughs> yes. Plus all of the urine. Yeah, yeah, it really doesn't That's kind of like number one and number two. Mm-hmm. Rats, urine. <sighs> well, these things, you know. The only weed I saw in New York was the shit I had to fucking bring myself, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You get fucking New York snickle fritz, bro. I don't know. They be, it's, it's been a long time. All right, so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you got shops now and these They're storefronts and all this cool stuff, you know. It's been a very long time, so. Yeah. Weed's weed. Yeah. And it doesn't make people kill people. No, no, it's a, <laughs> right? like, it's a plan. Reefer dude. Madness is such a lame I hate this propaganda talking point to go conserve to. a boomer shit where they they've missed Genesis one twenty seven. You know, like, yeah, come on, yeah, come on. It's a plant, you guys. It's a seed bearing plant, and it's like in the first few pages. Come on, just read a little. Page one. Page one. There you go. See. 
Uh, well, here's what I think was the biggest story of this week, personally, and no one probably heard about it. The National Cannabis Laboratory Council published a white paper on standardized national testing. Have you ever heard of the National Cannabis Laboratory Council before? Nope, sure haven't. Me neither. So I, uh, I saw that they formed in 2021 by the law firm Perkins Coie. Oh, not Perkins Coie, no. Coie. I didn't know how to say the name, so I looked it up. <laughs> no. And, no, oh, no, boy, no, no, no. did you know that they represent Hillary Clinton and Boeing? Yes. Not just that. They're the council of record for the DNC. Yes. And they represented Democrat campaigns for uh, Kerry, Obama, Yes. Hill Dog, of course. Yes. Yeah. And then I st- I just kept reading. I just kept reading their wiki page, you know, I just kept getting worse. Like in two thousand six when they represented uh Osama bin Laden's alleged bodyguard and uh brought the case all the way to the Supreme Court, which ruled that the Bush administration's use of military commissions to try terrorism suspects was unconstitutional. Which hey, maybe. Uh, But they also lobbied to defeat the Honest Ads Act, which would have required internet companies to disclose who pays for political ads. Uh, They, of course, retained the intelligence firm Fusion GPS for oppo, oppo, oppo research, opposition research during Hillary's 2016 run, which turned up the totally fake and stupid Steele dossier. Yeah. Yeah. Perkins Coie funded the PP tape. The uh, lie. Yeah. lie. Yeah, exactly. Um, Among all kinds of other atrocities. Yeah. They're the behind Ohio every State fucking... University sex abuse scandal. And... <laughs> so what, what? why are they, these people getting into weed now? Yeah, they formed the NCLC. No. National Cannabis Laboratory Council with some uh, lab workers and oh, such. Oh, fucking you know? great. But it's, but it's them. And they created this white paper. They're going to make Frank and weed and shit, huh? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they're going to make a national standard. And they're going to shut down the states on the way. Because they've got this whole argument in the very beginning of the white paper. Um, well, I also want to point out that um, in the presser that they released in their little um, PR brief saying, Hey, everyone, look, look, we published a, a white paper and you all should read it. Uh, they pointed out that legal sales are expected to exceed $33 billion at the end of 2022, which I was like, here it is, there it is, this is a, this is a flag for sure. So, they uh, talk about, of course, the um, Commerce Clause, arguing that Congress can regulate interstate commerce, and that there's no mention of any role for the state's in that under the Commerce Clause, and that, you know, they refer to the Dormant Commerce Clause in court interpretations. They've got a lot of court law documented here. Oh, no. Talking about how, well, you know, if the states want to say how to um, seed to sale, track, or test their product, uh, you know, the courts will just use the Pike Test. I'm just going to look back at the Pike Test, which will um, most likely say that it burdens interstate commerce because it impacts the ability to import products into a state by their mandates that are different than everyone else's. So we need national ones. And, you know, they reference Schumer's bill a bunch of times here, too. 
because that's the goal. Oh, we we just need a national standard, you know, just a one size fits all for the United States. And then we can just roll out federal deschedulization or legalization or whatever is going to happen. Uh, but it is on track and ready to go here, I would say. The cartel is officially involved. Yep. Yep. The real, I was like, wow, this is scary. God have mercy <laughs> on us all. Oh my God. So they, uh, in the white paper part of it, they have five areas of unified standards that they're proposing. Cannabinoid and terpene testing, which was very limited cannabinoids listed. I was kind of surprised. Um, microbiological contaminant testing, chemical contaminant testing, other testing encompassing shelf stability, water activity, moisture content, um, and then, of course, testing instrumentation methods and published standards. So, uh, but yeah, like, wow, a, a big chunk of the white paper was like, and states, if you want to do your own thing and uh, fight the Borg, you can't. Mm. It's going to be a waste of your time. Look at all the other national standards we have and how it went through decades of fighting for, you know, the standardization, but the standard, the Borg won. Um, so, ugh. you know, the best thing that the Supreme Court could do is just keep on slaughtering the federal government powers. Yep. And um, this is definitely one that needs to be addressed. Yeah. You know, they could just come down and rule that they have no constitutional authority to have any of the fucking Controlled Substance Act. Yeah. For starters. <sighs> so I was... <laughs> It was hard to fall asleep after I saw this. God, I bet. <laughs> like, I'm going to have a hard time falling asleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, I just looked at you and I was like, I got bad news for the bowl. I got bad, I got bad you news. You weren't kidding, dude. And I was like, I dug too deep. I dug too deep. <laughs> but really, I just scratched the surface. I was um, trying to imagine who could be that bad, but I wasn't imagining bad enough, dude. No. I know. I know. Um, Yeah. Now, we've talked about, like, synthetic cannabinoids, and we're like, so what, are they just literally creating them in a lab? Mm -hmm. And they are. <laughs> they actually, they addressed that in the white paper and said, you know, hey, there needs to be some testing done for these because we have no safety data at all, and mm -hmm. you could use harmful chemicals in, during the synthesis process that we're not talking about. Yeah, well, that's but not... But of course... That's well, not wrong, but... No, yeah, when you extract cannabinoids too you might have some chemical residue or what you know residual solvents mm -hmm. sorry <laughs> um and they pointed to a study that i hadn't seen from 2013 uh 2013 study determination of pesticide residues in cannabis smoke but the study there suggested it this was you know a decade ago just about the number came up that 80 percent of concentrates contained residual solvents Jeez. And I was thinking back to the New York Times hit piece with the, oh, you smoke concentrates and you're going to puke a bunch and right. be sick. And I was like, well, you know what? If there's residual solvents, you cannot blame the weed for that, but you can absolutely blame the butane or mm -hmm. whatever's being used. Yeah, all kinds of so, nefarious solvents in there. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you get it from. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting to see it addressed. Um, but yeah, they broke down Schumer's COA, Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, uh, which proposed mandating a federal track and trace system and good manufacturing practices. 
And they just take it a step further. They're like, hey, we got it all laid out for you, bud. Just put us in there, man. We'll represent you. Probably already do. Of course. <laughs> We're probably already on payroll. And uh, here we are with our stuff. And people are just going to run with it because it's out there and available and uh, proposed by very powerful people. So here we are. Here's the Borg. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely here now. Yep. Yep. I'm, I was like, well, this, you know, the ball is probably going to start rolling now. <laughs> uh, anyways. Pensions and Investments Online ran a piece this week about weed companies seeking legal protections to offer retirement plans for their employees. And they started off with the story of a federally legal CBD shop owner who had to go through five months of rigmarole before she could introduce a 401k plan for her 450 employees. Mm. She said that she had to meet with executives in different departments go through rounds of interrogation, and even have site visits to her stores from them where they just asked her repeatedly, uh, so what exactly do you sell? CBD, federally legal, 2018 farm bill, come on, or Delta 8 too, you know, that was another one. And she said it was the same questions every time for five months. Now, of course, no plan providers will work with recreational dispensaries or medical because it's federally illegal. Um, but they do want to capitalize on the market as soon as they can. So they're keeping an eye on it and they're backing the Safe Banking Act, which has failed to pass for you know, five or six years now. Uh, it's, it's up again. I know it passed the House and the Senate will just let it die probably mm-hmm. once again. But of course, these companies don't want to risk violating uh, the anti-money laundering laws because then the regulators will come after them and fine them and put restrictions on them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know this, but the Bank Secrecy Act is a thing that requires record keepers to file suspicious activity reports with the Department of Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network when an institution suspects any kind of crime relating to fraud or funds being derived from illegal activities. So as soon as you sign on with a weed company, you would have to start reporting them. And if you don't, Then you get slammed with penalties. Uh, I saw in this article that some states like California and Oregon have state-run retirement savings programs, but they're limited solutions. And then, uh, but you know, it's like something's got to give because pot is the recession-proof industry. And fun fact, I learned, there are more weed workers then firefighters, bank tellers, insurance agents, hairstylists, barbers, and cosmetologists combined. Holy shit. Yeah. Currently, 428,000 jobs. And it just keeps growing. Noise. Yep, growing like 27% year after year, they say. Good lord. Of course, statistics are lots of bullshit, so who knows. <laughs> uh, in Arkansas... Folks could see legalization on the November ballot because Responsible Growth Arkansas just submitted twice the amount of signatures that they needed. They, of course, are chaired by a former state rep, Eddie Armstrong, which makes me uncomfortable. Um, And, you know, 21 plus, you could buy and possess up to an ounce of weed. But there's no home grow allowed. So, Mm -hmm. you know how I would vote? Big fat no. There's my distrust coming in. (laughs) Uh, They also propose that the Alcoholic Beverage Control Division 
of the Department of Finance and Administration regulate the industry, which I don't like. Right. Oregon's got kind of a similar thing where the Liquor Commission runs weed. But it's just like, well, treat it like alcohol then. Truly, you know? Don't worry about THC. Don't demonize it. We can have the Everclear of weed if we want. And guess what? People won't get cirrhosis of the liver and keel over one day from it. But anyways, uh, this proposes 40 recreational licenses to be awarded, and uh, medical dispensaries would have to apply for one. But guess what? There's 40 medical dispensaries. So I was like, hmm, they probably get first dibs on the licenses too, which would just close the industry off to any new players. Right. Yeah, tale as old as time. Oh, and no expungement. Uh, I thought that was a pretty that's a lame brain. Ass law, dude, all around. It's bad, and you don't want to pass a bad law because it's very hard to undo that shit or pass a good one on top of it and chop it down to size. Just wait, you know. Just wait. Yeah, it was all bad. The tax breakup: fifteen percent going to law enforcement, ten percent going to the University of Arkansas Medical Sciences. <laughs> Neat. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's great. And then five percent to a state drug court program. Great. Giving more money to people who already get a bunch of our money. <laughs> yeah. And they name wrote, the game, baby. Name they wrote the game. in here that the state could impose an additional 10% supplemental tax on recreational on top of all this crap. Oh, God. So, yeah. 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 Well, hey, at least it'll be legal. <laughs> oh, yeah, is that a step in the right direction if it's technically illegal? No. I don't think so. Nope. But, hey, voters, you know, get out there and uh, hope that the... Uh, thing isn't rigged against you i guess i guess yeah <laughs> or just sit home and twiddle your thumbs and tell everyone that's a bad it's idea hard to be positive on this one man this is a rough week for the bull news i know i'm sorry a federal grand jury indicted two men on charges of attempting to bribe a california city official to protect their illegal growing operation this <laughs> nice. is a big doj press release this week made the rounds oh, an fbi case of course and uh, these dudes were notified in 2020 that their building violated multiple laws, including illegal drug activity, and that the city would take legal or administrative action if it was left uncorrected. I love that. Total emerald market move here. Hey, uh, we see that you're growing weed and selling it out of your place, and you're not licensed, so like, you really got to change your way, bud, or you're going to get in trouble. And these dudes were like, uh, how about we just pay you? To the building inspector. You know, let's just clear it up. You tell the city that we're good to go, and uh, we'll give you $27,000 over six different occasions. So their max penalty is five years in prison and $500,000 in fines. But just, you know, it's just so weird. It's a weird time. And it, I can't believe that <laughs> weed is such a moneymaker, you know, and it's a fucking weed. It's like, wild, really? Huh? This is how far we've come from nature. Yeah. Uh, another weird case happened this week, or was unveiled. Um, the FDA helped surveil some CBD stores in Hawaii that ended up being raided by law enforcement. Oh, God. Pinky's Empire, that's the name of the shops, in, uh, in what's called, described as Chinatown, downtown Honolulu and Waikiki, they took all of their products and cited two reports of illness with no 
details. Oh, we got two reports of illness. We got to take all your products and arrest two people on suspicion of promoting a harmful and or detrimental drug. But there's no details as to what drug they're talking about. Source, trust me, bro. It's the government. Yeah, it's the freaking FDA and law enforcement. Yeah, trust. It's trust them. Yeah, Mm. your appeal will be heard in three to seven business months. Yeah, and the Hawaii Department of Health, a.k.a. the Hawaii Dope. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't unread it. (laughs) It's a dope. Nice. (laughs) Um, Good work. But come on, taking all of their products because of one that's allegedly detrimental to health or harmful, and then no details. And, of course, POTS decrim. In Hawaii, as far as I know, I haven't been to Hawaii. I'm not exactly sure how it rolls out there, I guess. But it's like, what is it? You know, federally, if it's under 0.3% THC, it's legal. So what is this? And it's a CBD shop. What's going on? I. It's a great no question. No one knows. And great, it's a big mystery. It's a big mystery. Journalists don't ask any questions. We no, just get the press not. release. No. Yeah. And the FDA making a tweet. Yay, we helped. Which I was like, is that your role? I mean, I guess they're all, you know, three-letter alphabet soup agencies under the same giant Borg, but... Jesus. They all need to be dismantled, dude. It's it's out of control. It's gross. Oh, you know what else is out of control? Lawsuits in Illinois, because they were slapped with 11 new ones. Oh, God. 11 new lawsuits challenging their license application process. Oh, it never ends with those guys out there, does it? No, it sure doesn't. In one, I read a story about a guy who just filed a formal complaint, but um, he said he's going to file a lawsuit if he's turned <laughs> down at his court hearing. Yeah. But this one was good because it went against the narrative of some other lawsuits. He's an Air Force vet, set aside 72,000 acres of land for growing weed in 2019 nice applied went to all of the industry association meetings shook hands with all the right people got all the answers for what to say on your application got the maximum amount of points and was not given a license and did not get any notice as to why he didn't get a license can you believe that people can get the maximum amount of points on their applications and still be rejected it's a scam it's a total scam. But the narrative, of course, before from a lot of the other lawsuits was that scoring was unfairly biased towards veterans. Oh, for Christ's sake. The other social equity applicants, they were like, hey, I'm social equity too, but because I'm not a veteran, I didn't get a license. That's not fair. And this guy's like, hey, I'm a vet. I've got 72,000 acres of land. Explain that one to me. Uh, By the way. And I didn't get a license. <laughs> 72,000 acres is 112 and a half square miles. Jesus. Yeah. All that, for growing weed. That's a shitload of land, my that's friend. A sh- <laughs> yeah. Supui, supui. It means very suspicious, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And he basically says, he's like, I put the same answers as all the other people that got licenses. Why didn't I get mine? (laughs) Well, Mm. lawsuit inbound. Yep. Another one. Make it 12. (laughs) Make it 12. And market zero for Illinois. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, kind of bad news for Nebraska. The U.S. Court of Appeals issued a stay on the judge's injunction, blocking officials from enforcing the geographic requirements for ballot initiative signatures. Um, That, of course, 
they were fighting, it would have required them to get 5% of registered voters' signatures from 38 different counties. And uh, that means that now that multi-county distribution requirement is in place while litigation continues pending a final decision. Um, But if they are successful, it's possible that the campaign can still qualify for the ballot as long as they got enough total signatures, even if they don't meet that multi-county distribution requirement. And, like, fingers crossed, because they got fucked once with the stupid... Single issue ballot requirement, even yeah. though they had it all laid out the last time around. Yep, they came back with and did the best they could to address that concern. And yeah, uh, just clearly, like uh, the system is just going to have its way. Yeah, with the voters of Nebraska. Yeah, but good job to Nebraskans for medical marijuana because they turned in well over ninety thousand signatures. Things are saying. I've seen numbers as high as 180,000. Whoa. Uh, they needed 87,000. Nice. So I know they were cramming the last few weeks, and I said that, hey, 4th of July, everyone's out, everyone's partying, everyone's having a great time. Go get your signatures now. Yeah. Like that's when you hit the ground running is holidays or big events because everyone's going to be there. So hope it would be great if they just hit the geographic requirement and the whole thing's null and void, you know? That'd be cool. But best case, I'm just hoping and praying that they see the ballot this I time. I know, we need yeah. some good news this week, damn. Yeah, seriously. Oh, well, New Jersey has some decent news. Okay. Uh, sales tax was removed for medical patients. Oh, very It was supposed cool. to start on July 1st, but you know how things work with governments and making things happen. Yep. So July 7th, it was officially removed. No more sales tax for patients. Very cool. Yeah. Since they got recreational to bring in the tax money now. It's a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. North Dakota submitted legalization signatures this week also, but it's a new approach. North Dakota. Of course it is. And you know I don't like their ways. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I've heard this 21 plus to purchase or possess up to an ounce of flour, four grams of concentrate. Or edibles containing up to 500 milligrams THC. Home grow allowed up to three plants. And Weak. if they are visible to anyone, you get a $250 fine. Weak. If they are not locked up and someone rats you out, $250 fine. Weak. If you grow up to five plants and get caught, $300 fine. Lame. Yeah. And if you got. More than an ounce, but less than two ounces, $300 fine. Retarded. Now, they don't talk about what happens if you get caught growing more than five plants or get caught with more than two ounces because it's like, oh, less than double the legal amount, you get a fine. I'm guessing you go to jail. They put a hot (laughs) poker in your butthole is what happens. Yeah. (laughs) They're not holding back. Yeah. And of course, there's no public consumption, punishments for driving under the influence, and huge punishments for anyone that gets caught giving weed to people under 21. I really love these finger wag legalization bills that just add a bunch of fucking penalties to different weed shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of my- like, oh, it's legal. By the way, there's like 30 new codified fucking weed penalties. Yeah. And dig this one dispensaries are limited to 3,500 ounces. I hadn't heard that yet. What the fuck? You limit the amount a dispensary can hold and sell. It seems, I don't know, like how much, I'm not, 
I'm not savvy to like uh what the average dispensary's like inventory stock is, you know. I I don't know either, but I don't think that you should have a limit to how much inventory yeah, you mean, can have. Like, it's, it's bullshit. Who else is li- oh, what did you say? Thirty six hundred ounces. Thirty five hundred ounces. Thirty five hundred ounces. You doing it's the weird, math to it's make a it weird pounds. number? But yeah, it's okay. It's two hundred eighteen and a quarter pound and three quarters well, pounds. They should at least be allowed to have three hundred thirty three pounds. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like a lot, you know. Yeah, but then again, this is in a place where you're going to be limited to buy an ounce. That's it. That's all you can buy. You can buy an ounce. You can only have an ounce on your purse, er, yeah. in your possession at all. That probably even means at your home. So I mean, limits are stupid in and of themselves, but what? Like I don't know. It, it makes me wonder why they picked that number. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'll have to dig deeper and figure it out. I don't know. I just see new approach in my blood boils. Kind of like in this um, next story where Oklahomans for sensible marijuana laws submitted their signatures to the Secretary of State this week. And guess who funds them? The New Approach Pack. Wow. Whoopee. Who'd have thought the New Approach is getting another thing on the ballot this year in another state? So, um, yeah. Their home grow here is six mature plants and six seedlings. Okay. I was like, that's a better number. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, that's a better number. Uh, It puts regulations for the recreational market under the already existing Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, or as I like to call it, (laughs) O-double-M-ma. Oma, but I don't like saying Oma because I love Sir Oma, and this has two M's in it. Mm. Oma-ma. Yeah. So uh, there's other groups in Oklahoma with uh, recreational initiatives, and they have until August 24th to get their signatures in. So go for it. Hit the ground running. That's all I can say. Like (laughs) anything to not guarantee a win for fucking new approach, please. (laughs) You're very hostile. They have uh, expungement written in here. I'm sorry. I know. I'm not a journalist, though. Like, I, I can it. give my no, opinion no, no. here. You don't want bad bills to pass. You don't want bad laws going into play. Yeah, it's, annoying. it's cartel approved. Yeah. Um, they have written in here a 15% excise tax split among the Oklahoma General Revenue Fund, which surely needs more money. Municipalities that allow dispensaries, they get a cut. School districts, they get a cut. Court systems, they get a cut, and drug treatment programs. Everyone gets a piece. Damn, that's sounding like a behind-the-schemes value tag right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Carving out a slice for everybody. Yeah, they still Problem is it's not voluntary. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't uh, beat Booberry's number either. Nah, That's only one, two, three, five, six, four, five things. These people are amateurs. Total amateurs. They have they hold no candles to the and, Mothman. Of course, different you know punishments and laws being written in, especially if you get caught selling or giving weed to anyone under twenty one. And I just want to reiterate, you know, in America, an adult is someone who's eighteen plus. Right. So twenty one just pisses me off all the time. Uh, they're I know. trying to change everything to twenty one. The alcohol number, but it's so stupid. Yeah, go to war and die for your country at eighteen, but don't you dare take a sip of wine, or smoke a joint. Uh, In Pennsylvania, 
Governor Tom Wolf signed House Bill 331, which protects banks, credit unions, and insurers from doing business with legal weed companies. I thought that was very cool. Sure. Don't wait for the Safe Banking Act and, you know, Congress and shit. Just do it yourself in your own state. Mm-hmm. Every legal state should be doing this. I agree. In Elgin, Texas, the city council voted to put decrim on the November ballot instead of enacting the reform immediately themselves. Which, you know. Power to the people. Go yes. out and vote in November, I guess, if you want decrim. And finally, a story I thought was interesting. Charlotte's Web Holdings full-spectrum CBD extract was approved by the UK's Food Standards Agency. It's like England's FDA. Wow. Yeah, they submitted a novel foods application, which means like things that not everyone is going to eat all the time. And uh, now it's advancing to the safety assessment phase. So, there you go, Charlotte's Web. If you uh, followed CBD in the early years, like, you know, 2012 or whatever, and the epilepsy patients who benefited from it, you know Charlotte's Web. Indeed. Kind of a big deal. That's all I got. Well, at least you ended uh, brought some bright notes at the end there for us. Yeah, a little bit of a higher note. Yeah. Man, it's it's like dark days for the weed news (laughs) in general. Yeah, and no one's talking about the Borg. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, we got some boosts in, in between, uh, including two, 2332 out of Fountain from Fletcher, who says, History is made by active, determined minorities, not by the majority, which seldom has a clear and consistent idea of what it really wants. Ted Kaczynski. Oh, <laughs> uh, Uncle Ted. And, uh, he's got Thanks. Data Fletcher. connection lost. Please describe the problem. Then you will arrive at your destination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks, Lo- Fletcher. This is my data connection here. Thank you, Fletch. No, yeah, he, he included that clip in the boost. Uh, second boost comes from Mr. Boobery himself. Speak of the, Boobs. Speak of the boob. Uh, 10,001 sat. Woo! Out of fountain. Uh, oh, God, Betsy, I smoked the reefer. I'm mad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gonna have to murder 77 people after I knock out all this plate glass. <laughs> Yeah, weed really uh, has that effect on young mm-hmm. men, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Free for madness all over again. And uh, 4848 <laughs> just came in. You might have heard the pew. From Fountain From, Comic Strip Blogger. Been Whoa. a while since we heard from Comic Strip Blogger. The Welcome back. The boost. Thank you. Welcome back. He says, howdy podcasters. Please invite your listeners, quote, on air to visit <laughs> my blog with my cartoons at www.csb.lol. And send me episode number and timestamp when you did it so I can tweet slash toot clip with it. Yo! Done and done, sir. So many ISO. <laughs> ISO, and I can uh, clip it on Fountain and send it to you. How about that? How about that? How about that? Yeah, well done. Interesting. I saw him tweeting about that, so I was like, hi, hey. He was like, I need podcasters who read Boost on Air. Oh, like, yeah. Like, well, that's uh, something about this show, friend. We read Boost on Air. Yeah, sounds like bowl after bowl. Uh, speaking of bowl after bowl, every week, uh, our buddy the Rev, Cyber Trucker, uh, Sir Rev Cyber Trucker to you and me, he is always bringing us a new metal moment. And I have the latest right here. All right.
in the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Hey y'all, Rev Cybertrucker here. I may be on vacation and coming to you from the parking lot of a gas station, but damn it, here's your weekly Metal Moment. Sumo Cycle hails from Toronto, Canada and blends metal, rock, dance, and techno into a really fun genre. I originally found them through a suggestion from YouTube, so sometimes the algorithm does work. This particular song, Crowd Control, happens to be one of my favorites from them. So without further ado, here is Sumo Psycho, Crowd Control. Yeah, Sumo Psycho, Crowd Control. That was a good one. Yeah. I like mixing genres. Yes, into definitely. Better. I Searching agree. for the new sound and finding it. Looking for the new sound. It's like when you take all your different weeds and mix them up. Yeah, <laughs> weed salad. Only the it's weed like, salad. Uh, metal salad. Yeah. Metal salad. Thank well, you, we, Rev. We've got a bowler salad sitting here in our voicemail box, and you can join it. Uh, by calling 816-607-3663, just like this bowler did. Hey, bowlers. Um, the, the first time I ever went to a hibachi restaurant, by the way, there is no such thing as a hibachi restaurant, and I'll tell you why. Uh-oh. Because hibachis are actually, um, they're literally fire bowls, and they're not designed for cooking, at least the, at least the, the, the Japanese uh, style. Now the, now, the Japanese actually have, um, there's a couple of, um, you know, it, it got associated with these little tiny, you know, portable grills, you know, kind of kind of in World War II time frame. But, but yeah, hibachi is literally a fireball, usually used for uh, heating a room, not necessarily for cooking, although they actually have, um, you know, they, they have uh, shi, shi chiren, um, you know, which are kind of similar, similar idea, except they've got a grate on them for cooking. Or, you know, what you might know is uh, teppanyaki, so going to your, going to, uh, your, your benihana or... Um, or, or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so nobody's been to a hibachi restaurant because, uh, yeah, because they're not really, because their hibachis aren't really, you know, proper hibachis uh, aren't in a restaurant, but you've probably been to a teppanyaki place and not. Um, yeah, I don't even remember the first time I went to one because I've, I've been to I've been to them a lot. The last one I went to is probably for, uh, I don't know, probably years ago. Um, 
a few years ago for uh with uh the uh, the the not soon enough X and the family um but that's about in you know that was it's a local place um where I was living at the time and yeah that's uh, that's that's probably the last, that's the last time I went um yeah you know, there's and they're you know they're definitely fun places and they you know they they, they uh, the food is uh, usually pretty good I'm always I'm, you know I'm, I'm about the grilled steak and shrimp myself hell but, yeah you know I don't, I don't eat the carbs necessarily but uh, yeah this is uh, um but yeah that was the first time I um it was, or it was the last time I went. I don't know about the first time because I said I probably did it as a, maybe I did it as a kid or something. And I think I, the, the place I remember, the, you know, when I lived in the, uh, the the Bay Area was yeah. I mean, I went to Benihana, but I think I also went to House of Genji, which is a which is a place in, in San Jose. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Phoenix and I will go to one of these places at some point. I don't know if there's one around where we live, but I'm sure we'll find one at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, there you go. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. Phone boy, the expert here. Teppanyaki grill. Come on. I mean, come on. I mean, you don't <laughs> do hibachi. It's not a thing. All right, all right. I hear you. My restaurant name lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it probably is the source of more than just our confusion. What the fuck is a hibachi grill? <laughs> <laughs> Out- uh, Outlook for finding uh, the one in Tennessee not so good. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's no... This is East Tennessee. We don't do no bullshit. There ain't no roller rinks. No no, no goddamn hibachis. We don't get down like that. All right, well, God. cheers, sir, seat sitter. Uh, when you come to Kansas City, maybe instead of going to a barbecue place, I'll take you to a teppanyaki grill, let's say. Even though it'll, I think... It says hibachi grill at this restaurant. I'm maybe that's, a, that's, maybe that's a maybe that's a just the name, the name of the restaurant, you know? Yeah, maybe I don't. It's like a tagline, Spencer. Kind of like you know when you go to the Happy Tiger. There's not like a they don't have like a tiger in there, you know? Yeah, it's not waiting to like devour you. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know. That's the thing. I'm no expert. I know me neither, and I don't speak Japanese, so yeah. Too bad. Maybe this next caller does. Yeah. Well, the first time I ever had, uh, well, I guess uh, there's like the Korean barbecue places, and they've got like a little hibachi thing going. They bring out that plate of meat, and you cook it yourself. Oh, you cook it yourself. Uh, I think I've been to one of those, actually. You guys are the hog story that has that drop about that. It's a pretty good piece of meat. I think, um... Must be hog story. <laughs> but it's, uh, Sounds like a good trap. The first but... time I ever ate off a of hibachi, I had to be really young because, like, in the 70s, I think they were gone by the 80s. Maybe it was a little bit into the 80s. Uh, there was a hibachi grill that was really popular, a charcoal grill that was kind of like open, uh, like an open pit almost. And then you just had a grate that you uh, had, like, little... Uh, teeth that you could raise and lower the height uh, if you stuck the grate or the grill inside those teeth at different height levels. Um, and I think they kind of kind of copying like uh, the concept of like a pit uh, that you're cooking over that would be uh, either kind of like a wood uh, that you cook down to coals or a hardwood charcoal that you make yourself or buy or whatever. But uh yeah, the first time it would have been probably the early 70s or so. But the old style of those were kind of dangerous because they were like a really low grill and they're kind of like meant to be uh, 
uh, sat on top of almost like a table or something like that. And I yeah. remember just because of the nature of them, I thought there was like a lot of fires and stuff. I know they still <laughs> make them to this day, but Worth um, it. I haven't ate off of one in probably since back then. Uh, and I know uh, they were the culprit at many a tailgate uh, when people would uh, cook with those and the, the coals were so like exposed and I know a couple times they had them where people like slid them underneath cars too, which was stupid. Jesus. Uh, catch the car on fire when you tailgate. I know like out in the Detroit area, they totally banned any charcoal at games, even though it was mainly those hibachi grills. So bunch of juggalos um, with hibachis sneak, sneak under their car that we would hide uh, a grill on and just have other stuff going. Uh, and usually I don't think we ever got caught uh, using charcoal at a tailgate. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, that was – oh, and then when I – probably about uh, maybe six, seven years ago was the first time I actually went in to a Korean barbecue place by work that has the – you order the tray of meat and you pick your meats out and then you got the little grill in the table and you sit there and grill them yourself and got sauces and stuff. and Really good. It's really good. Really good. Yeah, um, I was reminded of at the Chinese place they used to, if you order like this uh, pork skewer or uh, beef skewer, and they'd bring them out on this weird little uh, iron pot that has like a f- uh, flame in a can under it. You know that like canned oh, yeah. heat shit under it. Yeah, those are good. It's when uh, like when he was saying you grill it yourself. Um, yeah. Oh, we have a follow up because I guess that was cut off. It was so natural sounding; it didn't sound like it got cut off. But that was the three minute hit. Really, really, really good. I just called back to say, in the bowl! Uh, Hell yeah, in the, in bowl. the bowl! He wants to get his in the bowl in there. I should have known it was cut off because of that. Yeah, makes, <laughs> makes perfect sense in retrospect. Perfect sense, just like this next caller. Oh, boy, it's a Tuesday. In the bowl, Spencer and Lauren. In the bowl, in the bowl. Uh, it's your friendly neighborhood, something or other, blah, 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 Christian Battles. Anywho, I just got done running, and I looked look at the time. I'm like, it's Tuesday, because oh, I don't yeah. normally run at the Tuesday. And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah, I got a call. Anyway, um, yeah. so Hibachi Grill, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's that episode of The Office, you know, where, like, Andy and uh, Dwight and Michael, they all go out, and, like, Andy and Dwight, or Andy's trying to get Dwight's job and stuff like that, and... And then, like, Dwight has to sit farther down the grill and stuff like that. And, uh, and Andy and Mike will take home the two gals, or take take the two gals that work there to their work party. And But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I've never actually been to one. The only thing I've ever really been to, I guess, was a kind of cook in front. Uh, yeah, but not, like, at your table. It was just, like, Mongolian barbecue. Yeah. Um, sort of deal. Similar. Which is quite quite scrumptious and yummy. Yeah. And I'll have for uh, a couple of years now. But anyway, so the answer is uh, never. Uh, I've seen it on TV, though, you know. And TV is real life. Uh, just ask Abraham Lincoln. I think so, I will ask. All right. Well, shall we just say it now? Cacao! You know, we have to say it. Yes. To the show! Right. <laughs> and Andrus. Love you guys. And. Every day. And. And. Say it with me. Come on. We have to say it. Okay. You have to say it with me. Okay. 
Yes, even you listen on your headphone or your speaker or whatever you're listening to this. I mean, it's all little forms of speakers, right? Yeah. Unless, like, you have a parrot, like, repeating this or something like that. But even then. All right. There you go. In the smoker. <laughs> Wait, no, in the bowl. I got I'm so lost. <laughs> oh, he's got that runner's high. Wow. I am yeah. really high. <laughs> nice. Or a little second hand. A little second hand. <laughs> uh, the bull cloud kind of spreads out and takes over. Very yeah. nice. All right. I have that on my to-do list now. Ask Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Honest Abe. Honest Abe. Honest Abe Lincoln. <laughs> oh, man. The uh, <laughs> the transcript ends in, now in the bow, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, in the bow my gosh bow my gosh is a great one. Oh man do you remember your first uh hibachi grill trip yeah it was Teppanyaki. with you and it was called kyoto sushi bar and hibachi grill mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, that's why i called it a here. hibachi <laughs> i know <laughs> that's what they're called here's I hibachi like steakhouses so uncultured but um they'd made a big fireball they had this like yeah. The big flat grill. Okay, and also um, Mongolian barbecues have been brought up a lot. And oh, they're so good. We have Hu Hot. Yes. That I've been to. I guess that's the only one I've been to. There's a few others, them, yeah. But that's they, kind of the big oh, chain. That's so good. Yeah. We throw them the food you want. And they cook it right in front of you and give it back to you. Yes. On that stone grill thing. Anyways, uh, Kyoto. I think it was like your mom's birthday or something. And you knew I was a... Uh, I liked anime. <laughs> and you're like, you're going to love this. <laughs> And I was terrified the There's whole time. No anime involved, but yeah. <laughs> no, because it's a Japanese steakhouse. Yes, you're it like, is. Okay, you're gonna hear these. You're gonna see these. Uh, it's, you know, put okay, on a show I'm for fucking you. Fucking racist, all right. But you were like, <laughs> we're doing a Japanese thing. You're gonna love this. Maybe I just interpreted it totally wrong. It's not racist. It's a fact. But <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> I remember that there was a big flat silver grill thing in front of us and yep. the chairs are all right around it yep. and the guy comes out and then the way they start is like they spray the oil or whatever on the grill and then light it and it fucking goes up in flames they put like <laughs> a half or they put like a full pound of butter on there and like spread it around butter oil whatever man a big old fireball goes up and it's hot and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I was like, okay. Scared you I, off right at the beginning. I already got my eyebrows singed. I'm out. Uh, yeah. But then they start making these jokes. Like they're building a volcano and onion rings. Or no, just onions that he slices up, yep. you know. And then they make a ketchup or something squirt out of it. He had like a little dude that sprayed water onto the grill. And he was like, oh, he go pee-pee. And yeah, he like, it like had the water coming out of his wing. Yeah, and he like really, uh, um, what's the word, like played up his English. Hammed it know? up. Hammed yeah. it up. Yeah, it's a performance for real. And <laughs> I love when they like bring out like uh, parsley or some shit to season it. And then he's like, Japanese marijuana, Japanese, Japanese marijuana. marijuana. Yeah, I remember that. That made me laugh. And they had the butter on one knife and he flicked it off onto the grill and he said, see butterfly. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> that. That one got me. But then they do this thing where they like want to like throw food in everyone's mouth. Hell yeah. And I'm not about that. The best part. 
the because best part. My spatial awareness sucks. Okay, so I will <laughs> never catch food in my mouth. We like and sports, and we don't care who knows. Dude's like, let's try it again, and I'm like, let's not. Oh but he tries God. again, and there's like three pieces of perfectly fine shrimp on the floor, and I'm like, can you please stop wasting it on me? Like, you're not gonna get it in my mouth. I might be able to catch it with my hand, but like, my face and spatial awareness is just. <laughs> He kept on, like, he took the shrimp and started just chopping off little bitty pieces just to keep trying on you. He must have flipped, like, eight pieces of shrimp And I was like, please stop. No, I don't. It's not going to happen, bro. I love you. Like, you're still going to get a tip. You don't have to get in my mouth. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, but the the first time I went, I, um... That that night, the food really was lackluster for me. The performance was fun, but like I didn't. I don't know. I hate saying that. I feel like downers, but it was blue. But the last time we went, the steak was d fucking licious, yeah. man. Oh, it they nailed it out of the park. Like it was just a it was just a rough night, I guess that first time. And the shrimp was like chewy. I remember that first time. I was like, oh, this shrimp was too chewy. I don't really like that. But oh man, that second, that last time, because I've been maybe four times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. Uh, this phone boy is right too, because uh, he mentioned that the shrimp and steak is the way to go. Yeah, that's what I always got. I think I've been four times, and that's what I always order: a little surf and turf. Hell yeah! Yeah, so good. Best of both worlds. Oh, we have a follow follow up. Uh. I totally got confused on that. It I forgot about uh, Japanese hibachi where you go to a uh, steakhouse. I would have went to one of those when I was really young. It's right around the corner from where I work now. Um, it used to be called Kyoto. Hell yeah. Uh, but now it's a Benihana's. <laughs> uh, the chain bought it. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and then Kyoto moved down the road. They don't, I don't think they're as good as they used to be. But there's one around the corner. Uh, there's actually three really, really close to my work, oddly enough. I, um, now thinking of that. Uh, and the other one is called Osaka. And, but I haven't been to that in years. But I remember the first time I went with um, my parents to this Kyoto. And they put on the whole little show with the volcano uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, onion. Required. And, uh, what's... Uh, <laughs> I can't. What's extra? I can't remember what's extra. <laughs> something was extra all the time. Some fried rice or something like that. Oh or, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun experience. And then he throw the shrimp around. <laughs> land in his hat. Land in his pocket. The hat oh, yeah. catches it out. Like I don't want that shrimp uh, <laughs> that you just had in your pocket and in your hat. Uh, please. Uh, I'm fine with them. And then uh, yeah. Anyways, in the boat. In a boat. Bro, pocket shrimp is the best shrimp next to hat shrimp. Catching it in your hat, <laughs> dude, I always wanted to do that when I was a kid. The first time I went, I think it was probably also for my mom's birthday. That was like a one that uh, her birthday spun a lot. She was into it. Yeah. And, uh, dude, catching the shit in the hat, I was like, that is the cool. Because they wear these tall hats, yeah, you know? It's, it's like, like a chef hat. hat, but like taller. And it has this, like, perfect bowl, and it's, like, stiff and starched so that it can catch shit as they're flipping it around. Oh, man. It's fun. I always wanted to, like, cook with flair like that. Shit. First time I was probably, like, six or seven. Maybe even younger. And you're amazed and inspired? 
Definitely. And catching shrimp. See, my dad is allergic to shrimp, so he never could catch the shrimp. So oh. he'd be like, throw mine to them. And we were always like, oh, now prided I, ourselves on catching the shrimp, too. Like, now I know what to say next time. Ever since young. Oh, just say you're allergic to shrimp? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, what they would do is they would cut him up something else. Oh, like a no. Zucchini or some shit like that. Oh, you know, lame thing. They'd flip him but something. never mind. Be like, well, you catch still. See, now your family are professional mouth food catchers. Food to mouth catching. Like, it's like a sport. Pro-am. In your household. Yeah. As you grew up. Like, I've heard tales of things being thrown across Thanksgiving dinner tables and being caught by the mouth. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of circus shit went on, for sure. No big deal. We're kind of professionals. And then I step in. I'm the only one that didn't catch food in my mouth. <laughs> it was pretty cringe It was the painful. I just end, wanted him to stop. But anyway... He but re- you ate it up from the first time you went, huh? You were a oh, absolutely shrimp to mouth, yeah. let it fly. Absolutely, that's cool. Do you remember uh, the first uh, Japanese marijuana reference? Like as a Honestly, kid, Honestly, it was not as a kid. They did not do that joke oh. early on. That was only a newer thing that people started saying. And the first time I heard it, I want to say it was the one with you. Yeah, <laughs> that really t- got me. I was just like, damn. That is fucking hilarious, dude. This guy says Japanese marijuana. Yeah, Japanese marijuana. Oh my god, that was so great. I was like, ah, it's green. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because it's green. And the wee wee pee pee boy. Yeah, the wee wee pee pee boy. They did always have. have a sp- soft spot. That thing for is older than props like that. That thing is old as old can be. I mean, you can tell it's like a one of those yeah, it looks like 70s it's... style things. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Love it. Uh. This next caller is not quite so 70s style until he is. Oh. Arigato. Arigato. Hola, son. <laughs> oh. Eat from the Hibachi Grill. That was the uh, high school. For the prom, dancing. <laughs> hey, please call Sugar. Okay, I can't keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's this uh, Japanese restaurant called Sugar. Nice. And um, that's what the place was. It was a hibachi grill sort of place. Was it a hibachi grill? And it was very tasty. I don't remember what I had, but it was fucking good. And of course, they did the onion volcano. <laughs> and, um, crowd favorite. You know, a guy tossing around eggs with spatulas and oh, whatnot, yeah. flirting with all the girls. <laughs> and, uh, he had the fake Japanese accent. <laughs> and he was Mexican. His name was Michelangelo. Nice. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, you can do it if you're Mexican, though. It's not racist. It's That's fact. Still in business. I need to go eat there soon. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Hope you guys are having a great show. So far, I, so good. Uh, had some shit to do right as soon as you got that on the stream. Oops. But after I leave this voicemail, I'll be tuning in. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking love you guys. Fucking love you. Hugs all around. Oh yeah. All around. All a square, all a fucking rhombus. 
Rhombus. <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot of hugs, man. That's a lot of geometric hugs going down. Oh, we had a follow-up. Follow it. Follow it up. Arigato. Arigato-san. I almost forgot the most important thing. Uh, I must tell you about uh, ancient Japanese. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very nice. Very nice. nice. Done. Yeah, I forgot about the egg flipping and stuff. Like, Yeah, they get one spinning and then like yeah. pick it up on a spatula. Like 75% of the tricks are spatulas just smacking on the grill and spinning oh, and yeah. smacking and spinning and spinning. Lots and of hitting. Clink, 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 flip, quickly. Clink, 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 flip, flip, chop, 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 flip, flip, clink, clink. Yeah. God, if I had been to one of those when I was a kid, it would have changed my life. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Being an adult, it was like okay, <laughs> but it was uh, it's fun. It's just magical. It's like you don't really even want to start eating because you just want to watch them cook it all night. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> kind of how it goes. Can't. I'm sorry. I'm taking some. Oh, that's. I don't need to be sorry. That's all right. Interesting transcription. I love when the transcription can't get is that up. It was great. Yeah, and, uh, a Mexican <laughs> that cracks me up. Restaurant called Children. <laughs> I've only seen Asians prepare my food at the hibachi grills, but... Or uh, have you? Well, now I was thinking back on it. I mean, I don't know if they're Japanese or not in particular, but I'm pretty sure they were all Asian. <laughs> this next caller might be an Asian. <laughs> Never know. Yo! Yo, 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 yo. That's full moon to everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh. Currently get to check it out right now as I take my happy ass to the one and only Cadell Wisconsin. Well, about two hours out, working out there the next four days, coming back, doing a post-NA show. Going oh, yeah. to work on Monday and doing some motherfucking summer camp. Summer camp, what, what? What, what? Oh, what, what? Uh, God damn it. I think the question was the first time you ever had some hibachi, like at a hibachi grill. Bingo, bango. And once upon a time, we moved to Raleigh. Uh, the first time we moved out of my hometown, we went down to North Carolina. We really turned into some city slickers. Because, uh, Martinsville, Virginia, it's a lot of antique shops and mom and pop uh, video rental stores. Take a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think we uh, went to the one at Crabtree Mall. I think there was one at the mall that we ended up going to. And, uh, I, you know, I, I thought it was cool. Really dug that white sauce. Oh, he look at the white sauce. Fucking nom nom. Nom nom nom. Coincidentally enough, that's where we went, uh, if I'm not mistaken, took a trip there for like a post, uh, I don't know if it was high school or community college grad dinner party thing. It was a nice circle back. X amount of years in the making. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. The motherfucking bowl, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. In the bowl. You're going to make me bowl. <laughs> oh, we have a follow-up. Tonight's the night of follow-ups. Oh, go! Heck 
I got caught spreading misinformation because when Uh-oh. I said, or excuse me, when I said antique mall, right. what I really meant was a motherfucking flea market. Flea market. Flea Mar- Montgomery. In a long goddamn time is a proper fucking flea market. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Just like rough, tough, dirty tables for as far as the eyes can see with just the most random happenstances and piles and junk yes. that can just make your tiny little heart squeal with joy. Yes. Because you know deep down buried in one of them piles is that piece of treasure just waiting, sitting there with your name on it. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Oh, Boobs. man. Get your ass to Kansas City sometime. And we will hit the swap shop, which is right by our house, which is like an outdoor proper fucking flea market where people just back their trucks up with their random junk shit like you're talking about. And then we will go to the super flea. Super flea. Which is the fucking absolute behemoth flea market. Yeah. The greatest. It is like your dream. I promise you. And The the super flea is where it's at. It is. It is. It was uh, the first time I went there. I was like, "Holy mackerel!" It's a different world. But this brought up to in my memory. Super Flea is one of those. Just before we move on, Super Flea is one <laughs> of those places where, like, if you ask the right people in the right way while wearing the right fucking clothes on, you could probably get a fucking tiger. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you can get some shit at the flea market. At, at the, the super flea. At the super specifically. flea. Specifically. Yeah, at the it's, super flea. That's a crazy one. It's wild. But growing up, I went to the random flea market and shout out there because then you said the yeah. word dream. And I just woke up the other night thinking about the Rainham flea because it was in my dream, specifically the little vacuum cellar area. And it's so perplexing to me, that area. And then there's like a hall and you can go into this like linens and bedding uh-huh. room that's like a secret. Anyways. Vacuum suction of, booth. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The synchronicity was crazy there, so. Yeah. Dream, dream, dream. Write that down. First time I've ever been to a flea market. And Boob said, first time I ever moved out of my hometown. Okay. I feel like we've done first time I ever moved. But I don't remember. Yes, I think so. But uh, moved out of my hometown. Out of hometown. Yeah, uh, there's not that many on the front of this paper, so I'd like to get some of those knocked out. And oh, cool. the obvious one jumping off the page of me is first time I ever had phone sex. So I'm just going with it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some phone sex. <laughs> first time I ever had phone sex next week, which rolls in to uh, you know. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, fuck your phone, then let's go bowling. <laughs> I got a clip <laughs> from a story that. The lovely sir and gentleman Abel Kirby sent to me this week. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is a good one. I didn't know to give it a 21-gun salute. CPR? Mouth-to-mouth? You know, or call the chicken ambulance? Big Roo was Jason Day Felice's pet rooster. That is, until James Nix hit it with a stick. So I'm defending myself. You know, I was feared for my safety. And the chicken... You know, uh, died. Nick says the rooster attacked people. I have not heard that because I know the neighbor here. uh, I know him. Like, we're we're friends. (laughs) He never said anything to me about it. I did tell him after the chicken hit my dad. I said, hey, man, the chicken attacked my dad. 
Oh, what's the deal? It's just a chicken. What's he going to do? You know, okay, well, look. The neighbors even disagree on how others saw Big Roo. The kids that used to live over there, they were throwing rocks and sticks at this chicken to keep it away. I know the kids down here, they played with the rooster a little bit, like would throw rocks at it and chase it. So one day when Nick says the rooster followed him and attacked him. His neck flares up and he's doing his thing and he's trying to jump up at me. He was trying to get the animal away. And I tried to hit it, but the chicken's jumping up at me and I accidentally knocked it in the head. <laughs> you know, call it a lucky shot, whatever. But when Dave Felice came home, all he saw was his rooster dead in a ditch. I said, I'm calling JSO. I called JSO. JSO didn't do nothing. Then a couple days later, I, I realized I could call animal control. And in late June, James Nix went to jail for animal cruelty. Next thing you know, he calls the chicken police on me. While the neighbors continue the fight, Nick says he never should have been arrested. Chickens are dying every day, people, at churches, Popeyes, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh. Really? <laughs> Yeah. I killed that chicken in self-defense. Oh. And man, James Nix has a, his whole interview got published on their website. Oh my God. And uh, that is rife with ISOs, my Dude, friends. never since Sweet Brown have we had this much action. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I love how he refuses to call a rooster to the chicken. Chicken and dying call every day. Call me the chicken police. I didn't know whether to give it a 21 gun salute CPR or what. <laughs> Called the chicken ambulance. Oh my god, dude, that guy was made for TV. Florida man, good job. Based Great in Florida job. pills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, uh, Jesus. And I've heard roosters are assholes. I don't have any direct experience, but mm -hmm. well, they have to be by nature. It's like Darwinian, you know. Yeah. They're protecting their flock. Yeah. Sometimes they snap. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta hit them with a stick. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Hey, Rooster, have I shown you my stuff? A <laughs> uh, man in Oklahoma killed his friend because they summoned Bigfoot to kill him. Yeah. You gotta kill him before they kill you, man. That's the fucking secret of life. That's right. They were out noodling when he strangled his buddy there to death. Only mistake was he came home and told a family member about it, and yeah. that person called the police. That'll get you every time. Not the chicken police, either. The real 5-0. That's right. So, uh, they say that dude appeared under the influence of meth, but I don't know why they'd say that, because they didn't take a blood test, and they didn't do a toxicology report, so that's freaking hearsay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some but, guys are um, just weird. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it took them a day, but they were able to find the body in a very wooded area. So, who knows? Maybe Bigfoot was coming. You know, maybe he seen him. Never know. You never know. Life is very strange. Another Florida man story this time. Florida man tried to flee from deputies on a riding lawnmower. Oh, Florida man. Yeah. They showed up to his house to serve an arrest warrant, and he was mowing, and they yelled at him to get on the ground, and instead he decided to just take his mower for a ride, away from them. And so they chased him on foot, these deputies, and ended up having to tease him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. and uh, That can't be comfortable. No. That no. would be funny to watch, though, like a guy fall off a riding mower, and you know, like, the seat keeps it running, so, like, he gets tased, and then right when his ass comes off the chair, the mower dies. <laughs> Uh, you gotta admit that's gotta. We be need funny. the body cam footage. It's gotta be funny to watch. Yeah, and also sad, but kind of funny. 
They also mentioned here that on his person, he had a revolver, a handcuff key, and a, <laughs> and a pipe with meth residue. Oh, no. Of course, that's according to a, a field test, so what do they know? <laughs> um, but he's facing charges of grand theft, grand theft of a vehicle, felony criminal mischief. No. I love criminal mischief. That's my favorite one. Criminal mischief. That's like... Two counts of resisting an officer, possession of a concealed weapon by a convicted felon, carrying a concealed handcuff key, possession of oh, drug paraphernalia, felony knee really? failure, and other counts. Yeah, concealed handcuff key. That's illegal. Is this like a Florida man is just like so aware that he's got warrants out that he like at all times has a fucking handcuff key on him. Yep. Holy shit, man. That's just a uh, Florida man comes prepared. Yeah. The, the secret is you got to get that handcuff key as a body mod, like stitched into your person to where it looks like a tattoo or a scar. But then when you're, you need it, you know, you can scrape it out of your back or yeah. your tramp stamp area. You know, you can just use your fingernail and just cut it loose. <laughs> I mean, if you got the meth residue, then you can do it, right? You can pull it off. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Holy shit. A woman was at a yacht club on the Charles in Boston with her husband they're from Chicago, and uh, she wanted to put on some sunblock, so she took her wedding ring off and put it in her husband's shirt pocket for safekeeping. Always a bad idea. He decided he wanted to go for a swim, threw his shirt off, and the wedding ring fell out into the Charles. Now, there was a dive team patrolling the river that they alerted, and within five minutes, dudes were able to find it. Wow, that turned around quick. Yeah. Yeah, they said it was laying at an angle that the diamond was shimmering in the flashlight light, you know, and they were shining it down there, swimming around. So good work, Cambridge Fire Department. Good work. Found the wedding ring in five minutes. I mean, it sounds like such a bad story. Oh, you dropped your wedding ring in the Charles River. Shit out of luck. Nope. <laughs> Shit in deep luck, dude. Yeah. This, like, the dive squad's already in there? They're already, like, wet, swimming around? (laughs) Yeah. No, they they were just patrolling, yeah. Just happened to be there. Nice. But, you know, yacht club. Well, yeah, you know, must be fucking nice, right? Right. That's what I thought. (laughs) Must be fucking nice. Uh, not so nice. A California woman faked cancer and forged notes to avoid prison. But then she got caught. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I guess if the story, yeah. Yeah, um... See, this one went the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Equal, opposite. You stay out of prison until they write the story about you staying out of prison. Yeah, she was uh, found guilty of embezzling over $160,000 from a former employer. Mm. And uh, then she, uh, her attorney started submitting these notes... That they thought were real, obviously, right? If they were submitting them. Right. One would assume. Sure. <clears throat> and, like, the first one said that a biopsy revealed cancerous cells in her uterus. Another said she had to undergo a surgical procedure and that her cancer had spread to the cervix. Oh, no. And then one said, oh, she cannot risk being exposed to COVID-19 because of her fragile state. So you can't jail her. Like, a jail would be a death sentence for our patient. I see. And, um... She avoided being locked up for six months. That she was like, uh... given a year for that embezzling. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, all these notes, they claimed she was too ill to work and couldn't make restitution payments. But then, of course, when they found out that she was making this shit up, Uh she got two extra years. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, they found out because federal authorities decided to contact the doctors that she had named in these notes or signed (laughs) off as. And they said, oh, I didn't write that. And she was only a patient to one of those people. Damn. Yeah, so now she gets three years in prison. Well, at least she uh, used real doctors. Oh, yeah. That's a great <laughs> Maybe idea. Maybe we should try giving this Dr. Hugh Jass a call. <laughs> Check this thing out. The problem is real doctors know real people, and, yeah. and it all falls apart if you're making shit up. Bro, if I was a doctor and they were like, yiggity, yiggity, I'd be like, hey, that's patient doctor confidentiality, bro. Yeah. Call somebody else. Exactly, but that's because you have integrity. I got integrity. <laughs> yep, we sure do. <laughs> uh, a woman driving on a Kansas highway noticed a snake slithering across her windshield. Oh, my and it was goodness. hanging on her driver's side mirror. So what does she do? She doesn't pull over. She starts videotaping the whole damn thing. And for that, we thank you. <laughs> yeah. She said, well, I didn't want to pull over because I was afraid of being stuck on the side of the highway in the heat without knowing what to do. And then she was so frazzled by the whole thing, she missed her exit, which I blame on worrying more about the video that you're capturing while driving. Sure. And she said it was hard not to crash. Hmm, I wonder why. Could it be because you're on your cell phone taking a video instead of focusing on driving? Well, there's the snake, too. But, yeah, the video definitely affects It's on the windshield, and it's hot. You know, you got the AC on and all the windshields up. Did she just flick the windshield wipers? No, of course she didn't do that. I would just she, have uh, done a little bit of the spray well, plus a flick. I honestly think I would have just enjoyed the show. Easy peasy. I would have been like, how long is this snake going to hang on? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just keep then, going faster and faster until the thing is no longer on your car, right? <laughs> That's what I assumed would happen. Uh, but she exited it off the highway and parked the car, and then the snake slithered off. And she even videotaped that. The whole thing's documented. Uh, well, you know, at least the snake couldn't get off it. her phone. Yeah, but then here's what kills me. Uh-oh. It, the snake later gets identified as a non-venomous bull snake. Okay. Like, I don't like snakes. Yeah. But I'm not that scared of them. That it's gonna. I'm gonna be like, I have to film this. This is just incredible. Like, I cannot do anything. I cannot okay. function. There's a snake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bull snake. Snake's cute. <laughs> snake's some bull, dude. Yeah. What would? Uh, it just it was a weird one to me. Yeah, no doubt. And she's not even getting in trouble for driving on the highway while videotaping on her phone. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, that's normal. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> what would you do if you had a snake on your windshield? I would just enjoy the show and then tell people about it with my words later. I would put on my duck duck. Yeah. Tita. I gotta put on my duck duck. I gotta put on my tita. Tita. Ugh. Fuck the CCP. <laughs> A tree in Ohio was struck by lightning this past week during some bad storms they had. I guess the storms rolled through on Token Tuesday. Oh, shit. Yeah, bad news bears. But this tree was really interesting because it was burning from the inside out. Huh. So you got these, like, glowing red-hot flames spiraling up the trunk while all the branches are still green and covered in leaves and totally unaffected. Witchcraft. Yeah. So tree service got called to cut it down, and then they extinguished the fire. But it looked pretty gnarly. It's pretty cool. 
A uh, woman in Texas was cited for an HOV violation uh, because she got pulled over and didn't have a second passenger in the car. She said, well, I'm pregnant, so the fetus counts. Based. Eh, I said, ha ha. That's what I would have said. Because, you know, here we go. Texas Penal Code recognizes unborn children as people. But Texas transportation obviously does not. And you know how the HOV lane fucking works. Right, you gotta have yes. someone sitting it's in the passenger in seat. Seats, yeah. Very funny. So she got slapped with a two hundred and fifteen dollar ticket, and has a they slapped uh, her with it. Court date scheduled for July twentieth, which she's like, "Well, that's right around my due date." Yeah, well, shouldn't have had no fucking funny business. <laughs> Just stay out of the HOV lane. At least get a blow-up doll for the fucking passenger exactly. seat. Exactly, exactly. At the very least, man. Yeah. Just put a hat on it or something. Just, you know? Yeah. So anyway, but the whole thing devolves into fucking Roe v. Wade discussion, you know? Oh, and the, the baby is a person, so I have a second person in my car. Oh, it doesn't really work like that? Ha ha, funny business. Yeah, You're the, real the, great. Pay the fine, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't fuck around with DOT, okay? <laughs> like, uh, fuck around and find out. You get slapped with a fine. It sucks. Sucks. Uh, scientists found a rare tree in Texas that they thought was extinct. All right. Yeah. It's called Quercus. Tardophilia. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. And you know where it's, it's living? Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. Where is it living? The Quercus. It's not Quercus. <laughs> Quercus. Oh, I just heard Quercus. Tardophilia. <laughs> okay, I'm probably butchering how it says, so I'm going to put it in the bowl. I thought Chat. you were like, Quercus is feeling tarded or something. I'm like, what? No. Quercus tardifilia. Okay. Anyways, it's an oak tree. Okay. <laughs> and it's in Big Bend, where I've never been, but you talk very fondly of. Big Bend's sweet. Uh, it's 30 feet tall, but they say it's in pretty bad condition, because mm. the trunk was scarred by fire, and it's got some fungal infection. So they might as well still be extinct, basically. <laughs> So well, you're telling me. They're desperately looking for acorns, let's so, put it that way. I see, <laughs> they're, I see. They're like, we must protect the tree from drought and wildfire, man. but we also have to find an acorn. Drop some nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. Drop some nuts. Uh, it was first described by scientists in the 1930s, and then they thought it went extinct in 2011, so, yeah. They thought it wrong, I guess. Okay, Servo's got a new pronunciation for me. Quercus. Tardifolia. Tardophilia. I don't know. Anyways. Scientific names. I'm confident you got the tard part right. Yeah, I did. I nailed the tard part. <laughs> I'm always nailing the tard part. I know you're half retarded. It's the easy part that gets me. <laughs> uh, and my final story for the lands tonight is a family was found living with a cache of weapons inside the Nevada Children's Museum. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, there might be more than one children's museum in Nevada. So, specifically, this is the Children's Museum of Northern Nevada. Okay. Uh, the father was a janitor there, and the mother was the museum manager. So, it all worked out for them. Hell yeah. The problem was, they got two little kids, and one of them, who's two years old, was discovering walking around unsupervised. And then the other one accidentally gave the museum address as their home address. 
So mom and dad were both fired. And now the museum is temporarily closed while they find a new manager. Aw, man. Yeah. Had a good thing going, and then the two-year-old fucked it up. Kids never answer questions. Just don't do it. Woo! Love that outro coming on strong. Well, thanks for those riveting lanes, Lorian. Oh, yeah, no problem. Had a great one. Thank you, bowlers, for hanging out. My pleasure. We will be at it uh, Friday night with the Bulls with Buds again. Mitch is going to be joining us from the KC Bitcoiners, so check that out. And then, of course, every Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Central Time, right after DH Unplug wraps up. Thank you so much for the memories, for hanging out, for the boosts, for the laughter, for the voicemails. You know I will remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. You can't. That's a bad motherfucker who knows how to tie good knots. You'd love it. Yeah. 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 Let your wannabe. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.